Okay, and uh, we're here, the MBM Podcast, episode four. Jim, we've made it to four episodes. Isn't that crazy? I know, it's amazing. Uh, tonight is just going to be uh, myself and Jim and a friend of mine, Kyle. Uh, unfortunately, Mike is a little under the weather, can't make it, can't bring him in through Skype. So it is what it is. Everybody gets sick. So we're just going to keep the boat rolling or rolling. floating, I guess. <laughs> uh, anyway. On tonight's podcast, we are going to have Randy Pike on from Teakin, and as a little bit of a change of pace, we're actually going to give him a call right now live on Skype and have him on. So uh, hold on to your horses here, boys. Holding. That's where we're going to hang up, telemarketer. (laughs) Hello. Hey, Randy. Hey, what's going on? Give me a second, okay? Yeah, no problem, buddy. All right, you guys there? Yeah, we're here, buddy. No worries. No worries. Sorry about that. (laughs) No, no, no worries. Well, Randy, I want to thank you, of course, for taking your time out of your day to to talk to us at the MBM podcast. Uh, I was explaining before we had you on. uh, It's just Jim and myself this evening uh, with a friend of ours, Kyle, who's not really into the RC hobby at all. Uh, Mike, unfortunately, um, he's got a migraine sick issue going on. So it is what it is. We've got to keep going and everything like that. So, uh, yeah. So without further ado, um, I guess we'll get started with one of the questions off of the list there that I had sent you. Mm-hmm. Um, in no particular order anyway. Um, basically, I want to start off with like, how long have you been involved in the RC community? And, uh, and better yet, how long have you been with Teakin for those that don't know? Um, well, I've been racing RC cars off and on since I was probably 12 and got out of it since I was probably 16, 17, and then got back into it in my early 20s. Um, and then I was with Teakin back in 2000, end of 2005, if I recall, is when I started with Teakin. Wow. And when you started with Teakin, did you start off as being a team manager? Did you start off like a like racer with them or? The uh, end of 2005 is actually when T- Jim and everyone at Teakin really started Teakin, kind of brought it back from the dead. Um, and then basically I brought on as a team driver. And at the time, I actually owned a hobby shop. So I actually had a full-time job, and I also owned a hobby shop with my wife. Um, and so we met actually Jim and Cherry at a trade show uh, during a dealer day. That's how I met the Campbells, uh, who owns Teakin now. And so they kind of talked about how things were going and, and uh, they were really new to the whole thing and they knew what they were familiar with the hobby, but that was obviously when they had just got Teakin. And, um, so Jim and I had talked quite a bit and we were one of the first dealers in Northern California to sell Teakin, uh, when it, when they brought it back. So that was kind of the, the how I got involved with all them. Wow. Look yeah. at that. You learn something new every yeah. day, right? Yeah. That's, <laughs> uh, that's, that's, that's nifty. Awesome. Awesome. Just by meeting them started off like that. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, at the time, I was actually uh, an auto tech. Um, I had kind of some special qualifications with Chrysler, but for the most part, I mean, that's what I did for a living. I fixed cars. And um, I owned a hobby shop just because I enjoyed the hobby so much. And that's what the, my, my wife ran that business full time. And I just kind of worked it on the weekends. And uh, for us, it was a family thing. I had all, all three girls, but they all were into RC in some way. You know, some of them did helicopters, other ones did cars. And so they were all just hanging out at the hobby shop most of the time. So it was pretty, it was pretty fun. Right on, right on. Uh, Matt, do you want me to ask the next question? There? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Yeah, you can grab anyone off there. Kinda, Hold on one sec here, Randy. He's having to read across. I yeah, kind of failed to print the one important paper. 
Way to go. <laughs> okay, the third question on the list is, what is the miss the most uh, common misunderstood ESC setting? Um, probably the most misunderstood setting is either low voltage control, which is actually kind of funny, or um, throttle and brake minimum. So it's actually three settings, but low voltage control, for whatever reason, everyone expects it or it wants it to be auto voltage cutoff. And, and early on for us, one of the problems we found with a lot of the auto voltage stuff was that if you have, for example, a really charged up 3S pack, yep. it can auto get, you know, auto recognize as a, as a low voltage four cell or low enough voltage where the car will arm and you'll drive it, but then it runs the 3S pack below voltage, it's safe. So early on, we decided to not run the auto voltage cutoff. Um, that's one that everyone expects it to be auto voltage, and it's not. And then the other one's the brake minimum and throttle minimum, only because people don't quite understand what it's changing. So some guys either just jack it all the way up or jack it all the way down, and they just kind of guess at some point. So yeah. <laughs> I've been there, done um, that. <laughs> Yeah, well, we're, we're our C car guys, right? So, oh, I can turn this all the way up. Well, let's see what that does first. We don't err to the side of caution. We just crank things up and expect it to work <laughs> sometimes. Yeah, there's things but, I stay, um, stay away from, like boost. I don't even go near boost or turbo. Oh, my God. <laughs> see, that's fun. Boost and turbo is a blast. I mean, the, the thing is, is with brake minimum and throttle minimum, just to get everyone understanding what they are, they're really simple. Throttle minimum is literally the amount of minimum power being applied to the motor to drive it. And so the lower the setting, the less power, and the higher the setting, the, the more power. So, for example, like when you run a, a 1S 12-scale pan car in the stock class, those guys run like a one-to-one -one ratio for reduction. They run like 70-tooth pinions and 70-tooth spur gears. And so to get past that, that huge rollout and obviously the cog torque of specific motors, we need more power. And what, the reason why we have that adjustment is, is people don't understand that our speed controllers find their ways into – rock crawlers, 12 scale cars, modified touring cars. And so because we have this huge broad spectrum, all the stock settings have to be pretty, what's the word I'm looking for here, forgiving. You know, if we cranked it up for stock 12 scale and you go to drop that in a four turn mod car, it'd snap something, it'd probably rip the belts apart. You know, same with, the, if you do that same setting in a rock crawler, it'd definitely flip, break something apart because it's just different motors and different gear reductions and things like this. And so um, there's some videos that we have on our YouTube channel. I won't go into great depth, but the way I set this stuff up is I put my car on the ground, race ready with the go, gearing and tires. And when I touch the trigger, so that as a driver, I know I'm barely touching that trigger. Mm -hmm. That throttle minimum setting should cause the car to roll. I don't want it to jump or leap, but I don't also want to sit there and hesitate and kind of just howl. I want it to actually start rolling. And so... Real brief example, a 17.5 mid-motor two-wheel drive buggy, for example, it might be 12, 13, 14, depending on the motor and gearing you're using, where stock throttle minimums, I think, three. So it gives you an idea of how much the adjustment helps to get the car rolling. And as a driver, you, you potentially feel that as punch. That's what the drivers consider it. I might try it. Jim, yeah, if you, race, can... if you race stock, that's... Definitely an adjustment you'll want to play with. I can see the gears moving in your yeah, head already, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> My face is all lit up here. Uh, you mentioned rock crawlers. We won't get into that, but we are. We definitely are. Yeah. But uh, what's your favorite car to uh, run or vehicle or whatever? It does not be well, anything. Um, I, I, I really like driving four-wheel drive mod buggy. Um, but one of the better classes I typically find myself having better luck in is uh, stadium truck or, or two-wheel drive short horse truck. Um, they just suit my driving style pretty well, which means I, I'm pretty bad. Is that outdoor, but, um, <laughs> is that outdoor indoor, carpet, or dirt? It's all off-road, yeah, 10-scale off-road dirt. Um, we have some fantastic 8-scale tracks, but um, I'm, I'm obviously in the west 
West Coast, Northern California. So like right now it's raining and it's not really the best time to go racing outdoors. Yeah. Um, but I'm very close to A-Main and like Silver Dollar Race. We were the 2013 Ifmar Worlds were held for 10 scale. Oh. That's pretty much my home track. Yeah. So it's kind of nice. It's about a two-hour drive, but that's one of the facilities I get to go drive on. So it's I pretty want, awesome. I want to go there so bad. Yeah, we just look at yeah no, the, the track is next level. I mean, that's they also have the Outback Raceway, which is their indoor track. Which is, I mean, if you want to see what that looks like, just log into Live RC and you'll see the track is live all the time. So that's an indoor, I think it's about 5,000 square foot clay track, My God. which is where we race most of the time. So oh, it's wow. a lot of fun. I mean, we're running, it's, it's you know, smooth, high grip clay. It doesn't really wear out your tires. Uh, actually, worn tires work better. Uh, we run like Gold J Concepts dirt, dirt webs and Dirt Tech inserts and it's a lot of fun because you don't really have to, you know, mount up 16 sets of tires or you don't, nobody knows what works. I mean, ProLines work, J-Concepts work, sort of some other tires that work just fine. So you have choices. Um, but it's a lot of fun because racing's tight. The track facility is held up by Kevin Jelic, uh, who puts obviously the same for the Silver Dollar. And he makes really fun layouts. The track's always clean. The pits are always clean. It's organized. So it's, it's a nice place to go racing. We're, we're kind of spoiled out here. Not Southern California spoiled, but we're pretty still we're still pretty pretty spoiled. Well, you're really spoiled, yeah. and you might be complaining that it's raining. It's uh, what do we got? Like three feet of snow. Yeah, we're buried in snow. It's <laughs> snowing right now, as a matter of fact. So we're all pissed off in the world. <laughs> no, I probably don't have any right to be complaining about weather. But the funny part is, is where Tegan's located. Tegan's in Idaho. Yeah, know, the, yeah. Where it's you know it's they, got they get feet of snow, and I'm in California, so it's a little bit different. Wow, I'm, yeah. I, I had a question. Oh, I mean, I know what I was going to say now. I'm all over the place. Don't mind me. I was going to say, you know, not only was I a little, you know, envious of Randy because, you know, he's Tekken team manager. He's, you know, got access to all those goodies and everything. And then he goes and drops the bomb that he's, you know, two-hour drive away from Silver Dollar Raceway. It's like, yeah, okay, keep just rubbing it in there, buddy. Appreciate <laughs> it. Yeah, I do what I can. <laughs> so I got a, a, a question that literally just came in from Facebook uh, right before we contacted you. Uh, comes from Ken Gents, uh, one of the guys we raced with down in Lower Michigan. He goes, uh, "See if uh, Randy ever gets tired of all the PMs being such he's pop. He's such a popular guy." So how- I can't say I get. I can't say I get tired of it. I mean, that's what I get paid to do. Um, I'm not the main technical support guy at Tekin, but I definitely help with all that stuff. Um, our uh, customer service manager's name is Jeremy Potter. He's a really great guy, really knowledgeable. He races as well um, and, and lives it like the rest of us do. Um, you know, my main focus is managing the team um, and doing most of the social media stuff for, for Tekken. But along with that, obviously, comes customer interaction. So, yeah, I mean, we, I'm you know, pretty easy to get a hold of myself. And then a lot of times you might be contacting somebody through Tekken whether it's Facebook or Twitter or something like that. And that's actually me. I don't obviously preach that fact that it's me, but that's who it is. Yeah. And so usually you get a pretty decent answer. Most of that stuff. It's pretty funny how busy our Twitter account gets with technical questions, but oh, I, I bet. Well, look, look, look at me, for instance, I get a hold of you there uh, mm-hmm. and, and ask you about my SC 10 four by four, which by the way, I blew up an idler gear in my transmission and yeah. <laughs> oh my, <laughs> what a, what a job that was to take apart. And then, of course, find out nobody has one. Uh, Hey, it's been together for three years. So I'm not not complaining that I blew one up after three years and Jim's seen the way I drive the thing. I'm 
I'm got reckless abandon for it sometimes. Rough. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I appreciate all the help with it. Obviously, I ended up not switching the pinion because I didn't want to chew up more spur gears, which I had been doing with. I don't want to say the brand of pinions, but a certain brand of pinions. So I didn't want to switch. So I stuck with the 12, which seemed to work really good with the track. And then I did change the profile setting like you had given me there. Um, and it seemed to make a pretty decent difference for the size of track we were running on anyway. I think if I had any more speed, it would have been just ridiculous. So I, I stuck good. with the way it was. And I, I appreciate the help for that. So for anybody who is listening, you know, if you do have one of those questions, Randy is, well, again, he's the team manager. He he knows what he's talking about. So it's made things nice for me following him on Facebook and all the, the things that you kind of tips that you give and everything like that it's like i've learned more about my teak and escs that i've had for the last two years than i've ever read online about them trying to find information just from some of the posts you made so you know oh. any, anybody doesn't know check randy out on facebook he's got a ton of information um so another question we had was uh, somebody was wanting to know is there plans for any kind of new firmware for the escs yeah, we're always in development with new software for the speed controllers. Um, anytime the team comes up with ideas or there's some improvements that we can make to make things work better efficiently or run cooler or just make it the, the user experience a little bit easier to do, we're always working for that stuff. And that's what's kind of nice about Teakin basically is that we overdo the hardware to where we expect that speed controller to last you for three, four, five years sometimes. You know, when you go look back at our first generation RS line, that speed controller line's almost five years old now. And people still use them, and they're still current. Mm -hmm. They're still more than competitive in 99% of the classes that the end user is going to race it in. Um, and it still performs. I mean, that's that's hard to, to beat. You really can't mention other manufacturers that can do that kind of stuff. I and mean, if you go back and look at some of our competition, they're not doing that. They're running a new speed controller, maybe a year old or two years old. But they also come to a point where you have to buy a new one if you want to have the latest and greatest. And that's not what we're about. You know, we'll, we'll do a latest and greatest when we think that the firmware, the, the hardware can't keep up with the firmware, which is when, you know, we make the second, that's when we made the second generation leap. When we did the RX-8 Gen 2 and the RS Gen 2 and the RSX is when we expect, we knew that the firmware was being limited by the old hardware. And so then we released the new components. That's when we do that kind of stuff. Okay. And, and you mentioned actually, you know, the RX-8, uh, the RSX and the, the RS Gen 2. Um, mm -hmm. I've had somebody ask me to ask you, is there ever going to be a go between between the RSX and the RS Gen 2? Like, cause there used to be yeah, the get... RS Pro. Which... Well, the, the RS Gen 2 replaced the standard RS and then the RSX replaces the RS Pro. Okay. So that is the replacement for the RS Pro. There won't be an RS Pro Gen 2, um, just because that's the, the whole point of the RSX. Um, the other question we get a lot of times is there going to be anything between the RSX and the RX-8? Mm -hmm. And most of the time that's for the rock crawler and the U4RC guys. And our question right now, our answer to that is yes, but we're not talking about it much further past that. But yeah, there will be something in between. Oh. Okay, now you mentioned rock crawler. Is, is there going to be a dual motor ESC set up for that? Like it's again, it's one of those things I can't talk about. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah. so I think what Jim's we're trying to say something. is hint, hint. Now, yeah. Now, I, I'm safe to assume, obviously, then it probably will have some kind of support then for the Rock 412s for those Rock Crawler guys. Again, I guess you can't talk about it, so we really can't, yeah. can't get into it. My wife yeah. left a cell telephone down here, and I'm going to the, the, love her so reason, much when she comes home from yeah, wherever she is. <laughs> the, the reason why I bring that is because 2.2 uh, Rock Crawling is kind of 
I wouldn't, I wouldn't say dead, but it's it's hurting right now. If mm-hmm. Tekken if Tekken came out with a dual motor controller, ESC controller, I think that would re- revive a lot of people. What's the two? I don't follow the rock crawling as closely as everyone else does. We are our in-house guy for that would be tight. Um, but what's missing in the two two stuff? Just I means it literally just a speed controller problem. I mean, yeah, yeah just to be able, able to control both motors. Uh, I know Va- uh, Novak makes the M2 dig, it's called. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then what most people do now is they take the Mamba Max Micros, make two of them for the front and, and rear. I'm just saying if, if Tekken were to come out with a product like that, I'm sure it would revive a lot of people. Spark right, so interest. what you're looking for is a speed controller that has independent motor control, yes. but an all-in-one unit. So essentially a, a speedo that's two speedos in one, correct? Correct. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because you're controlling it with what the third channel or fourth channel on the transmitter. Yes. Yeah. Right. Right. Which which a lot of guys that we talk to they do that with dual FXRs. They just run a radio that yeah. has throttle mixing and stuff like that, which can get complicated for the user sometimes. But, but we know in, that. But in the rock crawl world, to have two ESCs, that's weight, and uh, rock crawlers are weight weenies <laughs> where everything's titanium and carbon fiber. So if you could bring it down to one controller to do the both jobs i'm telling you winner. <laughs> what, what motors are you guys running with that just kind of curiosity uh like any, anywhere from 13 turn to 35 turn sometimes 55 because turn. when one of the things our team drivers tested was and if you're running like a 35 turn as long as you're using a standalone bec unit mm-hmm. a lot of guys have gotten really good success with the b1rs and mm-hmm. so that speed controller is not much bigger than a personal transponder to be honest yeah um, it obviously you can blow it if you lock up to everything and seize it and try to power out of it. But we've had a lot of guys run those for a lot of things in, in dual motor rigs without issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but let me write some stuff down, what you're talking about. And I'll talk to the guys well, about and it. And the thing too, it's got to be able be able to c- control the big uh, voltage servo, 7.4 volt. Cause rock crawlers. Yeah. High good. voltage BEC. Yeah. 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 They want the 600 ounces of torque geez jim do you want a job at teakin and um, you know <laughs> we don't need to revive the company but if we want to go over the top this is what we need to do oh uh, i know how much you love the crawlers oh, and it, it rubs off on me and oh rc crawler every night Jeez. yeah Today, I, I love it <laughs> I, I love all, it. all that scale stuff you know oh man okay so anyway <laughs> <laughs> so something i've been actually talking recently about with my wife uh, from reading some stuff online and you know is um is sponsorship so say somebody like myself i'm normally an a meaner anywhere between second to to fifth sometimes depends on whether or not i break so what does somebody like me who's only been racing for three or four years how does somebody like myself approach a company or try and get sponsorships for myself well, I mean, I'll, I'll give you the perspective that, that I basically choose to go through and in, in something that I'm old school. So when I started racing and getting really competitive, I was right around right before I owned my hobby shop. And so um, you're going to hate me for this as well. But basically, I grew up racing around guys like Matt Francis. So we all kind of looked up to Matt and Lloyd Dassonville and Phil Atondo. So we, we saw what factory drivers were doing, what they were capable of and what they were expected to do. So we kind of had a, an idea right up, right up front, you know first row seat type of thing and basically back in the days which everyone refers to the good old days if you've been around long enough was that sponsorships just weren't given out at random i mean the the, if you wanted to get a sponsorship you had to perform at the top levels modified class racing and you had to make the mains i mean it wasn't 
And even in the main, sometimes you had to make the upper mains. And it couldn't be your home track race. It had to be at big races like the Cactus or the Reedy Truck Race or something like this. And then those guys would bring, you know, approach you for sponsorship, not the other way around. And it seems like lately um, a lot of companies just throw out sponsorships and it's almost like a subscription or a, you know, they're just an extended customer, I suppose, at some point. And it's almost like a value card or a, a owner loyalty program sometimes. It just depends on the company. But mm-hmm. um, I've talked to other guys like Jason J. Concepts about this kind of stuff. And it's one of those things where I don't think the, the general public realizes what's expected the, of, of a team driver or, or a sponsored driver. I mean, you're not, it's not just about getting a discount for product or parts. It's, you know, race reports. There's a lot of stuff that goes into it. I mean, um you know, we don't mandatorily expect everyone on our team to do social media posts, but it is encouraged. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I send them instructions and memos and things that we, you know, want them to post, and obviously they're they're encouraged to do that kind of stuff. And you know, you've got to have certain stickers on your car, and you got to have a certain amount of ticket on yourself when you're walking around the racetrack, and you got to send race reports in once a month. And you know, there's time frames on that stuff, and it's it's a lot of responsibility, which I think is what everyone misses. Um, it's not just about getting product for first, you know, a discount at that point. You're, there's stuff expected of you. I've had guys that get on the team, you know, they have a decent resume and, and they do really good stuff and they have good feedback and references that I talk to, like the race announcers or the racetrack owners. And yeah, he's a great kid. He's awesome. And then, you know, he's off the team in four months because he doesn't send a single race report in. Yeah. It's just one of those things where, you know, it happens. Um when you approach a sponsor and, and for what I like to see is a racer's resumes, which I'm not sure why everyone doesn't come up with what these things are, but it's essentially like a job resume, but it's geared towards your racing and, and why a sponsor should potentially sponsor you. It should have all your bio information on your, your name, your phone number, your email address. And you'd laugh and see how many of these don't have that information on them. It, it's pretty funny. Um, you know, race results, who you are as a person, um, references are a huge deal. We want to see references that aren't your buddies. Because I won't even call them. I want to know race directors, hobby shop owners, because ultimately your job as a sponsored driver is to help sell product. And so if I talk to those race directors or I talk to those racetrack owners or the hobby shop owners and I ask them, hey, is this guy helpful in, in helping you sell products? And it's funny because if, if they can't recollect a time or an instance where you've been helpful, that's kind of like a first strike. For me, it's like if you if they don't even know who you are, they don't really come up and saying, yeah, he's really helpful. He's, you know, helps guys out in the pits and he's really supportive. And, you know, if I don't hear that out, coming out of the reference, then, you know, it's kind of a bad, it's a negative mark. Um, but race results and then a big thing is race results that I can go find, you know, save me the time of an hassle of Google searching everything. If right. you've got links to those races that have been posted either at another sponsor's website or on your Facebook page or the racetrack's Facebook page or anywhere, Send me the link, you know, in your, in your resume, that should be a link I can click on, not uh, something I have to spend five minutes Google searching and verifying because everything gets verified. Right. And if I can't verify any of your race results, I'm unfortunately going to consider them garbage and I'll have to, you know, make a decision based off of that information. Well, right. Cause so. I guess anybody could send you an email and say, Hey, I, I'm an a main first place guy. Every race I go to at this place, that place and this place. And there's like, uh, okay, sure. I've seen Well, you're no, you're right. I mean, I've actually seen seen guys say that they've been in the a main and unfortunately whether they realize it or not i was at the race so i know they didn't make them because i was there come on um, my other my other favorite one was the guys who say i'm an a main driver i do this main this main this main then when i go to google search and find the race result it's the a main in the sportsman's class oh <laughs> so they well while they're not technically lying they also aren't being extremely truthful either right and so that's that's kind of a bad deal Right. Now, funny enough, you mentioned Jason from J Concepts. 
I'm aware. Yeah. I'm aware of obviously the podcast that he does. That's kind of what pushed me towards wanting to do my own with my friends. Sure. Um, so hey, next time you talk to him, I'm trying to get a hold of the guy because I'd still love to have an interview with him because he is the guy at J Concepts. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. So oh, yeah. if you ever get a chance and and you think of it, say hey, you know this guy that does this other podcast that's RC related. He's trying to get a hold of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How, um, yeah. He's pretty. He's obviously obviously just as busy as I am, if not I worse. Um, yeah. Yeah. I I can. He's on Twitter. He's pretty active on that kind of stuff. So if you just send him a message, that okay. wouldn't be a hard way to get a hold of him. Um, but I'll mention Twitter. it to him next time I talk to him. I I will I will check in on Twitter. I kind of I have it. I haven't used it in forever. I'm sure. kind of a Facebook, Instagram kind of guy, but yeah. uh, no, I'll look at it. I th- uh, yeah, wow, so much information. I'm yeah. loving this. I, I, I know. I'm getting more excited the more he talks. It's pretty, it's pretty trippy. Uh, <laughs> I, I got a question for you. What's your best advice for a new wow. racer? Like we have a lot of uh, novice following at our race club here. That we just had a race on Sunday with. But what's your best advice for a new racer? At either be a kid. Well, I guess a kid, eh? Well, not even. Look at Gordon. Uh, Gordon and his son. He That's races right. novice because right. it's like right. it's its first time running one. So we're talking. No, about. there's we call them sportsmen. I mean, that, those are guys who just started the sport and is the beginner class or whatever you want to call it. The sportsman sounds better. Um, honestly, it's practice. I, I, if I had a new person getting into the, the hobby and getting into racing, I would have them practice in, until they could get around the racetrack for three or four minutes without crashing because the, the most frustrating part for a new driver most of the time is going out into a race and crashing so much that they get lapped multiple times in a race. And so it's kind of an ego thing that they just, they're immediately negative about the whole situation. Yeah, I've, I've seen and, that and it's Sunday. not just practicing by themselves. It's practicing with other cars on the track. So like if there's a father and son team, for example, have those two guys practice with each other going around the track at a pretty moderate speed, even if it's just, pulling their EPAs back on the radio at like 70%, right? Just enough they can clear the biggest obstacles, for example, or maybe take it short where they can't clear the obstacle and they have to roll it, Yeah. but they have to focus on not crashing for three or four minutes with each other. You know, bumper to bumper, nose to tail, you know, a couple of feet in between each other, but without crashing, and that'll be the, the thing. If you can get them to do that for a few minutes without crashing, that'll teach them the concentration that they need to have, you know, on the track, not just by themselves, but with other drivers, then cut them loose on their first race. And it, if you get a guy who can spend a day at the track, you know, five, six, seven hours, and just run pack after pack after pack after pack, doing that, usually their first race goes a lot better for them. You know, they're, they're not freaked out out racing around other cars. They, you know, they, they practice getting out of the way of the, the faster racers. Um, and, they're, and they've already know that I can go around this track at this speed and not crash. And usually everyone gets so excited to race, they just punch it everywhere. <laughs> and then, of course, they crash. So uh, guilty. Yeah. <laughs> I, I still do it. <laughs> oh, here comes the tabletop. Oh, well, way too much dummy. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Well, we all do it. I mean, that's just part of racing, but it, yeah. I, I don't get to race as much as I would like, which is usually the other thing that people don't realize. But I mean, when I do get to race nine times out of 10, it's, I get to go race and I haven't raced in like cactus this year. I went to cactus. I hadn't hit a racetrack in, in, in a month before we were going to cactus. Oh, wow. So I just dropped out of cactus. <laughs> He's like, Oh, this is going to be painful. Let's just give it a shot. You know? And sometimes you get lucky and sometimes you don't, but it's just, it's racing. So that's for, for new people it's practice. And then the other thing is just, they got to really learn how to work on the equipment, make sure everything's in, in straight in order, you know, bearings and 
the gear meshes tie and how, how tight to tighten screws and what to watch or what to look out for every time you pull the car off the track and how to clean it and things like that. I mean, it's basic maintenance, but unfortunately, when they get that ready-to-run car, which is most, where most people start, they don't read their manual very well. And even then, the manual really can't walk them through gear mesh or or how to check for bound up bearings because we all know the kit bearings aren't fantastic I mean, they last for a while but a lot of times that's one of the first things that a newbie destroys is the rear hubs and bearings or the axles and they just destroy 50 dollars worth of parts and you know they didn't know any better unfortunately so okay uh my next question here um in the, in the future of teakin are they going to go down the road as in uh, a company that makes escs tires lubricant and like that because i know back in the day they used to make a charger are they going to make a charger again or make batteries is that something we were in the battery market for a while we actually had a really really good uh battery pack when lipos first hit the market we had a teakin power cell 3400 and it was a true 23 23 c rated pack this is before all the c rating nightmares came out most of the stuff at the time was 20 c but it was actually a 23 c pack and they could do 23C continuous straight up all day long. And the cool part was, was that the battery was extremely lightweight. Um, we, we, they, I used them for a long time. I mean, hell, I still have a couple. Um, oh, wow. And we run them in the, the vintage cars, actually, because they have the, the hump battery slots for the old round cells, so they fit the vintage cars really well. But um, the battery market right now is so saturated, and it's so flooded with like the same battery with 10 different stickers on it. It doesn't make a lot of sense for us to get involved with that. Um, yeah. mostly because we can't make something better than everyone else, which is really what Tekken's all about. Uh, we want to release a product that is substantial compared to everything else that's on the market. We could relabel something just as easy as the next guy, like yeah. chargers is another example. Um, but if we did a charger and we've got one designed um, and we've got ideas about it, but it would need to be substantial. I mean, it would have to be next level type stuff to, to really release a charger. Mm-hmm. That's going to be my new line now. Next, next level. level. Next level. You are next level. Yeah. It's going to be next level. Okay, I got another one here from Facebook from Sam Dalio. Uh, he goes, ask Randy, what is one challenge he thought the company would never overcome, and how did they overcome such a hurdle? <clears throat> like maybe a like a question. development hurdle or, or something that made you guys uh, scratch your heads. It can't be done, Captain. The, the one that probably comes to my head recently was the the Android operating system security thing that they brought out right between uh, 4.0 and 4.1, which was be between ice cream sandwich and jelly bean. Yeah. The Android dropped a bomb on everyone with this weird security feature, and it's called the whitelist. And the funny part was is that um, even they didn't really understand how to get around it. <laughs> and there were not only us that needed to get around it, but there was um, any application that used the host controller to control a peripheral was needing to, to get around this. And it didn't have, I mean, it was just absurd it, what they were trying to do. We understood what they were trying to do. All, all the security feature was trying to do was basically make it to where you couldn't hack the phone if it was off. And that was really what the, the, the problem was, was that let's say I took your phone and even if you locked it up, if I turned your phone off and put it into, you know, either um, root mode, or if I put it into a mode where I can access the files with a, you know, a computer mm-hmm. with the phone not being on, yeah. I can still steal all your personal information. So that's what this fixed. The problem was they didn't realize how many problems they were going to create when they did it, but they felt the security was worth the crash. So um, our programmer actually got around it before 
I'd say 99% of the people that were working on that project did. Wow. Um, which was impressive. I mean, our, our guy Chris is the one that did it, and it was impressive because I'm not a programmer, but I was even scouring the web for fixes. I was in programmer boards looking for certain keywords and talking to certain guys that I knew in the Android world, and, and uh, it was amazing how many people were having problems with this, but he actually figured it out um, and actually helped out a ton of other people that use that style of, of you know, working around peripherals and stuff like that. He actually helped a ton of people out. So that actually opened up a lot of stuff for the iOS for us as well, for the Apple stuff, which is the next question we get most of the time mm-hmm. is when's the Apple stuff coming out? Um, we actually had a working app with Apple, but at the time it required um, uh, jailbreaking the phone. And right. when that big lawsuit happened where if you jailbroke your phone and the app you know, required it, the person who made the app was responsible for the phone if it failed, right. that was not going to work for us. Absolutely. We're not taking that kind of responsibility um, just because there's so many things that go wrong with jailbreaking any device. And so what we did was um, we're working on something right now. Um, we're doing a lot of patent searching right now to make sure that we're not stepping on anybody else's toes and getting into some weird patent war. Um, but we should have something here. in the next, I'll just say soon. That's about as much data as I'll give it. Oh, but, there, um, there the team's go. been testing some stuff, and right now it looks really promising. Well, there you go. So that's, uh, I guess, that's a, a a hope and dream for a lot of. Because funny enough, you said that I, I got a question from one of the guys and said, "Well, what about an a, you know an iPhone app?" And it's like, well, you know, Apple doesn't allow host control right now, and that's no, a big. No, they don't. That's a big hang-up, right? Because Android does, Apple doesn't, and. Right. But you know, I told him I said, "Well, I can try and get somebody on from Apple, but I have no idea how to go about that." <laughs> We talked to them, and we, we had some guys at Apple based out of the, uh, the Texas office, and they were RC cars, RC car guys. Right. And we talked to them at great length, and unfortunately, they just app. It's one of those things that Apple just won't touch. I mean, they won't let you into that host control function at all. They just yeah. don't want you doing it. Their immediate response is, "Oh, Bluetooth or you know Wi-Fi." Mm-hmm. Well, that's great, you know, but that doesn't work for everybody. I mean, just you know, right. it, it wasn't even the, you know there was weird things to do to work around it, but. Ultimately, you know, it's just going to create a different problem, which is why none of the other companies have really done it that well either. I mean, there's a couple that do some stuff, but it's kind of archaic. Um, and again, that's taken more about bringing stuff out that's worked, that's smooth, that's intuitive, and, and stuff like that. So hopefully soon we'll be able to share some more news about that stuff. Right on. Wow. Okay, so now I've, now this is a good one. What's the worst ESC mishap that you have either witnessed personally or have had personally happen to you? <laughs> I knew this was going to be a good question. I mean, we've all hooked up stuff backwards. That's like not a big deal. Um, I think probably the worst one I've seen, um, and I've seen it more than one time, was eight scale racing when electric eight scale racing was pretty fresh. And guys would be, again, expecting the auto voltage cutoff to be happening on the speed controller. And it wasn't set for, you know, it's auto. The RX8 comes defaulted on 2S. But obviously in 8 scale, a lot of us are racing 4S and sometimes higher. And there was this guy who drove a, I believe it was a 6S car, but he had swapped something out to a 4S pack because he was racing. And he thought he turned the voltage cut off to 4S, but actually turned it off. And literally while he was driving his car towards the end of the main, it literally just burst into flames and hit a hay bale. That was pretty cool. <laughs> You've seen that in Google. Um, oh um, there's a couple. I don't know if there was video of the one, but there's. I've seen videos of other where, you know, just I saw you. You really can't predict on on what went first. You know, the speedo, the chicken, or the egg. You just never know. But 
the ones that freak me out are where there's video where there's a six foot flame coming out of the top of the car. You know, that's that's kind of scary. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably it. Nice. Okay, so one I'm personally interested in that I got from Facebook was uh, data logging. Is that ever going to be available through the phone app? Yes, team's been testing it now for about a month. Um, data logging works on the phone app that I have, obviously the one that the team has, and that will be a feature. Uh, again, I can't give you a hard date, but it's something we're working towards. Um, right now, I work it on a Samsung Tab 10-inch and a 7-inch. I also works on my S4. On the phones, the screen's a little small um, right. to see all the exact you can see all the points, but obviously the text and everything's really tiny. Yeah. But on a seven-inch tablet or a ten-inch tablet, it works pretty awesome. You can do pretty much the same functions that you can on the PC as you can the the tablet. You just use the touchscreen. Nice. And uh, if you want to bump the cursor over, you just use the volume button, just like uh-huh. the app. So. Lucky yep. team guys. You guys are all getting all the cool stuff. <laughs> Someone's got to break it first. Of course, of course. Well, that's interesting. That's that'll definitely be uh, another tool. I got a note too, so. Uh. Yeah, it does. Yeah, right. just, your notes probably run in what jelly mean or something like that. You're probably fine. Probably, I think so. Whatever the latest one is, whenever my carrier decides to give it to me, normally six months after it's out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's normal. Okay, so I had another Facebook question. I didn't know really how to interpret it, and I did send it to you. So I'm gonna read it out, and maybe if you've had a moment to ponder on it and figure out what the guy was meaning. But the guy goes in 10 scale SCT and in on-road sedan, I am running a 17.5 boosted. The motor and system comes off near room temperature, even on extended runs. He goes, if a 17.5 boosted runs cool, could you use a similar idea with eight scale buggy? And then he put in, uh, in brackets, not ProLite, uh, Casey. Okay, so what he's asking is, or he's trying to understand is why does a boosted car run cooler than like a blinky car, for example? And... The, the answers are a couple things. First off, boosted cars typically run just more efficient because we're doing things with a speed controller that aren't happening in blinky or spec mode. And so this is kind of a personal thing as far as my my opinion on it. But I actually don't like the part of stock racing we have right now, which is it's just in blinky mode because it's created the, the same mistake we've had years ago, which was it's turned into a battery and motor of the month club. Who's willing to charge your batteries at insane amperage? And who's got the fastest motor today? Not, you know, who's got the fastest motor from 10 years ago or whatever it was. And before we did blinky mode, everyone did boosting. All the manufacturers had it in some form or the other. And a lot of the cry at the time was it was too complicated. Well, if you were an old school racer like me, it was no more complicated than tuning brushes and springs. You had motor dynos back in the days. We all used them. You had to line the brush hood, polish the bushings, I mean, you name it. There was black magic for everything. And the only difference was, was that when you did boosted stuff, you either needed a control box or a computer, like a laptop, to make the adjustments. But it was free. And nine times out of ten, the manufacturers were there to show you how to do it and what not to do and, and give you some settings to get you started. And it got people up to speed so quickly that I have a hard time understanding why it was complicated, to be honest. I mean, yes, I do it every day, but if I gave you a settings, a starting set point that got you in the ballpark 99% of the way, then you know I don't understand the problem. But we've moved to Blinky. And so the, the difference is in, with no timing coming out of the speed controller, you lose kind of some of the magic. A brushless motor, you know, 17.5, let's say it turns 2,000 kV, so 2,000 RPMs per volt. So on a 2S car, let's just use 8 volts to make math simple, it's 16,000 volts or 16,000 RPMs. So with a boosted car, you can double and triple that kV. So if oh. a motor is only supposed to turn 2,000 with no timing from the speed controller, but you boost it and you get it to turn 6,000 RPMs, 
Now you've got a motor that's turning 45 to 48,000 RPMs, same motor, potentially. And so you can lower the gearing down, and now this thing's being driven so efficiently by the speed controller that it doesn't get hot under the load. It actually makes more power. It makes more power more efficiently. Granted, it does use more voltage because we're using, we're consuming more power because of the RPM range and things like this, but it runs cooler. I mean, the whole system runs cooler with it. Um, in an eight-scale car, the problem is, is that we don't, we don't run, Deacon doesn't run, censored-only mode. The RX-8 runs exclusively in D2 dual mode, which uses the sensors for rotor positioning, but we don't use it for timing calculations. And so you can add timing through the speed controller, but it doesn't quite work the same way, mostly because we're not running 17 five-turn motors. Most eight-scale motors are between one and two and a half turns. So you don't, even, even a regular you know, 540 can, you don't boost a two and a half turn motor. It's just bad because it's there's not enough. I mean, they're already turning 12,000 kV. Now you're trying to boost something to turn it, you know, boost it way past the kV that the motor's safe to run at. Um, most eight scale systems run more efficiently when you run less timing and just use the proper gearing. And in ideal conditions, if you don't have to run any roar race or your particular clubs or racetracks don't enforce roar rules, run the highest voltage you're comfortable with. So for example, a 6S 1400 kV setup will run nearly identical speed to a 4S 1900 kV setup. Hmm. Literally identical. But the 6S system, because of higher voltage, runs more efficiently because higher voltage, less amp draw. So that's where you get that from. And that's why I like the rock crawlers have all gone to 3S and 4S. And that's why I like forward air short course. Forward air short course is the worst racing load in RC racing by far. We're running one and a half to two turn motors, four poles, and it's only a 2S battery, which is why so many people puff the packs. They, they have other issues with the electronics. Everything runs hot. I have actually run a 4S setup in my short course truck. It just didn't say anything to anybody. It ran an 1850 kV, which is, by the way, that's why Tekken makes it. And I can run for like 13 or 14 minutes. And everything's nice and cool. And I can run for twice the time of everybody else because it's half the amp draw. So if you're really looking for the most, the coolest and most efficient system, use the highest voltage you're comfortable with, which in an eight scale is pretty typically success. Um, you know, it's one of those things where I think a lot of people misunderstand what timing's for. You can timing advance an eight scale car, but nine times out of 10, it's actually going to do more harm than good. You'll get speed out of it. Don't get me wrong. It will go faster, but it's not more efficient. And that's mm. the problem. Nice. Jim's looking at me like, don't even think about it. <laughs> now I know everybody's going to be like, make sure you attack Matt at the yeah, next race. The thing is, the 4S car that I ran isn't any faster than a 2S car. Because if you do the math, the KV is identical or close. Mm-hmm. Nice. So it just it just runs the same speed. It's just more efficient. So. Okay, nice. you're, you're the uh, team manager there. Uh, last, mm-hmm. last week I was looking at the cal- calendar. It was full. You had the fall brawl, the Utah State Championship, the turkey shootout, this, that, the arena cross thing. Who decides this for you, or is it you deciding where you want to take or go, or or what do you want to do? What do you mean by who? Where do I want to go? And <laughs> be like, more specific. Like, 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 is someone picking this for you? You got. You have to go to uh, the turkey shootout. You have to go to the U.S. Indoor Championships. Um, like my own personal travel. Yeah. Um, no, that, I get to set that. There's all, there is a couple events that, that I have to yeah. make sure I make, but most the of those are ones. trade show type things. Okay. Like um, RCX, for example, we have to go to that barring death, dismemberment or, you know, yeah. being sick. 
Um, but for the most part, I get to really create my own racing schedule. There are obviously some races that make a lot more sense. Nationals, for example, yeah. are one of those ones that I don't, I, I don't rarely miss. Um, I, and I actually try to make my race schedule go to somewhere new every year as much as I possibly can. So I try to go to races I haven't been to before. There's a couple that I've been really trying to get to, but just haven't been able to because of scheduling. And I'm only one person and I can only go to so many races per year just because of, you know, I've got older kids. So, and you know, they're all in high school. So there's certain functions I, I don't want to miss. And if I can, then I'll, I'll try not to miss them. But um, we try to set up, there's, there's three of us that travel primarily for Teak and there's me, Tyson and Jeremy, who is our CS manager. And between us three, we try to cover as many races as we can, again, with scheduling conflicts and workload. But uh, I get to set my own schedule. Um, like the Turkey Shootout race, that was actually at the Outback Shootout race up in Chico. Yep. So that's A Main's racetrack. So that's that that one's kind of a no-brainer. It's a two-hour drive. It's easy to travel to. Um, and I don't have to stay in a hotel most of the time when I go to that race. Nice. Okay. So I got two more questions for you. Shoot. Uh can we get some free stuff? <laughs> What's it for? There it is. <laughs> uh, well, I, I think it's quite clear. Myself, uh, Mike, who isn't here, um, and Jim as well. We're all fans of Tekin. Um, sure. In one way, shape, or form, or another. Um, it, like I said, it was more of a joke than anything, really. <laughs> um, but here's the the one that we forgot to ask Ty Tessman. And from now on, I'm going to make sure we ask everybody that we have on here, because obviously this podcast is related to RC uh, for the most part. What is your favorite thing to do that has nothing to do with RC? What do you do to get away from it to, to, to you know, that's, you know what I mean? That's not RC related? Yeah. Shoot guns. <sighs> that's my other hobby, actually. Um, I don't talk about it a whole lot because sometimes people get wigged out about it. But since you asked, I shoot guns. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Okay, I, I think I'm going to have to stop talking to you, Randy, because every time you say something, <laughs> I get a little bit more envious of you. Of course, we're Canadian, uh, if you haven't noticed yet. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I heard the accent. I've got so, Canadian drivers. So, you know, for us, it's a lot different than for the U.S. with gun laws and stuff like that. So super envious of that. And trust me, anytime I'm in Michigan or anywhere in the States and I go into like a Gander Mountain or... Mm. One of those places that have, it's like, oh, look at that one. Look at that one. And then, of course, the guy will come over. Do you want to look at anything? He's like, yeah, in behind the glass is good. Thanks. I'm I'm good. My wife would probably kill me. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Awesome. Well, of course, Randy, I want to thank you very much. Um, before we let you go, I'm going to ask you to do us a small little favor, which is just give us a, you know, um, I'm Randy Pike. You're listening to the MBM podcast kind of deal that I can edit later and kind of wiggle in here or there because, well, I don't know how many times we're going to get an opportunity to talk to cool guys like yourself. So try and milk <laughs> it for as much as it's worth, right? Sure. All right. Go ahead. You ready? Yep. Yeah, I'm Randy Pike, and you're listening to the MBM podcast. Score. Perfect. perfect. All right, Randy. Well, thank you very much. Uh, I re again, I really do appreciate your time. Um, sure. I believe last year I had sent an email to Teakin, and I believe Sherry had told me to get in touch with you. Uh, we run a, a spring classic up here. Um, mm -hmm. And basically all I try and do as part of the, the Sioux RC Car Club that I'm part of, I try and get, uh, you know, you know whether it be hats, 
uh, a motor, something from manufacturers to give back to the racers for coming out and, you know, racing with us and stuff like that. And we normally try and concentrate on a lot of the newer ones that are running, you know, RTR stuff. And, you know, they're, they're getting killed by some of the, you know, other people that have all the blingy stuff, you know, the guys that really can afford the more expensive stuff. So I don't know if that's something I can email you about maybe in the future. We, re- we normally do it at the first week of May. Yeah. And, you know, if you guys can help us out with something like that, we'd be obviously super appreciative. And, and you know, as it is, I think I talk about Tekin when we're at the races on a fairly regular basis oh, yeah. to begin with. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, um, that, I'm the person to contact for that kind of stuff, races and event support. So okay. uh, just shoot me an email, rpikeatteamkegan.com. Awesome. Um, and what I what I like to get is if you've got an event flyer, even if it's you know kind of early on in its stages, uh, yep. send me a copy of that so I can just see what we're working with. Okay. You know, dates, times, expected attendance, what classes you guys are racing. Yep. Um, and then obviously the regular stuff, shipping, daytime phone number, and the email address. And then yeah, try to give me. I like to get at least thirty days, but I really like to get forty five, sixty days prior to the event. Yeah, I'm um, I'm, I'm starting. To, I'm going to start working on it in in January, so I don't want to last year we kind of ran into the everybody was not thinking about it and the next thing we know it's like okay uh we're in march mm-hmm. the end of march mm-hmm. and it's like uh we got to get this together fortunately i got a lot of support from a lot of manufacturers which was really surprised at again i'm only i've only been into rc for about five years racing really a lot in the last three and just it's been overwhelming and surprising to me personally to see how uh, support of all the manufacturers are whether it's Tekin associated and you know any one of them and even the racers like yourself uh, you know Ty Tessman Dakota Fend I've talked to a lot of guys and, and they're very open um, and very easy to talk to you know and it's I guess I didn't know what to expect from the RC community you know what I mean but it's mm-hmm. I think for anybody who who doesn't know like anybody in this community pretty much you could talk to and they will give you the time of day to talk to you yeah, I mean, it's it's unfortunately one of those things where some of the new people have kind of been put on pedestals and there's this you know, almost like this feeling that they're not approachable. But like, you've, you know, Ty Tessman and, and Ryan Lutz and Adam Drake, and you talk about all these huge big name racers. I mean, they're more than willing to, to help you out. I mean, obviously, if they're head down, busy, and they're wrenching on cars at like the Nationals, that might not be the best time. Yeah. But if, if they're standing there just kind of hanging out, yeah, talk to them. I mean, they're not gods in the sense of you know you shouldn't be having a conversation with those guys all put their pants on one leg at a time and at least last time i i would imagine that's how they do it that's how i do it and it's one of those things where they're just regular people i mean it, it's not like they're you know tremendous rock stars it's not the president of the united states you know those guys are actually paid to be representatives for the companies that they're sponsored by and they are there to help you with those products i mean so yeah if you've got a question about hot bodies i'm sure you know ty and his dad would be more than happy to answer the questions same with Adam Drake and Losi, same with Ryan Lutz. And, you know, now he's with Techno and those guys are there to help you guys go faster. I mean, all those guys are easy to talk to, super friendly, just, you know, make sure they're not super busy at the time, but they're more than happy to talk to you. That's what those guys are there for. That's why we're there for. I mean, that's any of us, you stop one of our team drivers at a racetrack. I mean, they're there, part of the team to help out our end users. And so they they know that, you know, there's got something going on and someone needs help, you help them, period. That's part of being on the team. Yeah, Ryan. Ryan. Funny enough, you mentioned Ryan. Uh, he was doing a whole thing through his his Ryan Lutz RC uh, webpage there when the Black Friday situation was happening, and you know, of course, I sent him a message and he sent me back. And, and funny enough, you know, we ha- I had a good chat with him. Found out that 
funny enough, I guess for four months after he got out of culinary school, which I never knew he was in culinary school to begin with, he worked on <laughs> Mackinac Island, which is literally a 45-minute drive from where we live. Yeah, cool. Yeah, you know, so it's, it's like I said, it's it's been overwhelming. And, again, I want to thank you, Randy, for taking time out of your day. I know it's day still for you. It's night for us now um, sure. for, for chatting with us. And, uh, you know, thank you again. And I definitely will be in touch with you in the near future. Yeah, let me know. And if you guys want to do another you know, podcast, whatever, just, you know, give me some heads up from time and we'll make sure we can put some time aside for you guys. Uh, don't do that. You might yeah. you, not these freaking guys again, man. Really? No, no. <laughs> if it's good questions and, and, you know, there's obviously some structure going on. I don't mind spending the time just because ultimately it'll come back to us. I mean, it's time invested. And obviously if you got people listening and they're going to learn something from it, then it was time well spent. Oh, I'm not tooting our own horn, but we've only done three podcasts and over a thousand listens. So we're doing quite well, quite well, I think. I, I'm yeah, sure, I I'm mean, sure the, Ty Tessman helped us out with oh, that a lot, time. but <laughs> no, but the thing is, is that that's what this industry needs. I mean, if you look back at what RC car racing has been for the past 10, 15 years, it's gotten big, but when the economy hit and everything kind of slowed down, it kind of slowed down with everything else. And, but if you look at motocross or any other forms of racing or action sports, they got hit, but I mean, none of them reeled back as far as we did. We, we rode back to the point where it was a hobby for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And so if they want to get RC racing to be mainstream, it's going to take things like podcasts, you know, live shows. I mean, that's why I do the Google hangout airs that I do because I, I've we've done Tekken clinics that are just straight up live. I've done just Q and a sessions because people ask questions and maybe they're not, you know, they're too intimidated to approach you in, in person and ask that question, but then they can ask the question kind of anonymously and, and get the answer they're looking for. They were too scared to ask in person, you know, they thought they were going to made fun of or whatever it is, but we know the more coverage, the better. I mean, there's really no, you know, how's the saying go? There's no, there's no such thing as bad press. Mm-hmm. So it really can't hurt. That's right. That's right. Awesome. Randy, again, thank you very much. Have yourself an excellent evening and, uh, We'll talk to you soon. All right, man. Thanks, Take care. Man. Ciao. Ciao. Bye. Wow. That was huge. <laughs> Again. Huge. <laughs> I think it did that the last time, too. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be back with the MBM podcast. Okay, we're back from our little break. Cool interview. Wasn't it? Oh, my God. That was, that was this is just getting better. Obviously, we weren't, um, we were brand new when we did Ty Tessman, yeah. which some people might say that was a bad idea, but at the same time, you want to get Ty Tessman when he's just fresh off being eight scale, eight scale world champion, right? Yes. You don't want to wait two years. Nope. I'm not saying he's not going to win again, <laughs> well, but you will. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so basically what we're going to do now is, uh, we, we kind of did things a little backwards. Normally do the race results first, and then we have our interview and everything like that. And, and so we did a little backwards. So we're going to do the race results now. Um, so basically, uh, the sheets are all over the place. I have no idea why it doesn't make sense to me, but we'll do our best to go one, two, three, four, five. And we'll start off with novice. eh? No, we're going to start off with the stadium truck. Okay. Number one. 
stadium truck B main. Um, Marty had a break, so Marty didn't make the A main, which normally Marty's an A main contender. Uh, Marty with 30 laps at a 714. Uh, Reno uh, with 25 laps at a 714. And we had Dan, uh, Evan, and Tom Belsito finishing out the stadium truck B main. <coughs> In the stadium truck A main. Here we uh, go. Here we go. <laughs> of course, we're talking about the Sioux RC Car Clubs race results. Uh, in this podcast, we're going to be covering the Sioux RC Car Clubs race results as well as Casey Hobby's race results. Um, as uh, the members of the podcast, we race at both places. Uh, so these are the Sioux RC Car Clubs. So for those that are wondering, we race up in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. If you're interested in coming to check us out, we're on Facebook, Sioux RC Car Club Canada. Um, so anyway, Stadium Truck A Main. Drum roll, please. First place. Yeah. I really got to get my wife's iPad so I can have that. <laughs> I got to have that. Is our own man, main man, Jim. Yeah, I, w- I want it by the skin of my teeth. By the skin of your teeth. Yeah. 30 laps at a 703.152. Tyler coming second with 30 laps at a 703.927. Is that like the same beep? Like beep, beep. Pretty much. That That's almost so close that it, if he put his transponder at the back of his truck instead of the front, that's why you won. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and third place was Anthony Massassi. Uh, fourth was George, and fifth was Mike Palumbo. Uh, now I gotta find race three, which was two-wheel drive buggy B main. Uh, and first place was John Francella. He was driving it good. Yeah. Oh. He was having a decent one there, definitely. He was. Uh, Twenty-nine laps at a seven ten, and then second place our own Mike, the other M of the MBM podcast. And some people might be questioning, why do we call it MBM podcast? Well. My first name's Matt. I also have a nickname, Moose. Uh, Jim, his nickname is Buck. So I kind of went with the Moose, Buck, and Mike show. Because <laughs> we don't have a nickname for Mike. He's yeah, just Mike. We do, but. <laughs> it also, yeah, never. <laughs> shush over there. Shush, shush. So anyway, that's where MBM comes from, for those of you wondering. Uh, we'll get back into, I'm all over the place, guys. I have ADHD. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, look, squirrel. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so in third place was Will. Will was driving my old RB5. He was pretty happy with it. He had 25 laps at a 7.15. Um, Way to go, Will. Jarrett uh, had Mike's old B4.2 that he put together to give to Jarrett to run because uh, Jarrett's showing a lot of promise as a, as a young driver. Uh, he had 24 laps at a 7.09, and then Dan, I think, had a break. He had seven laps at a 7.15, and I believe he might have been running an RB6. So... Two-wheel drive buggy A main. Again, our own boy Jim, 30 laps at a 702. Nice. Then we had Joel, 30 laps at a 711. And then myself, 28 laps at a 711 in third. Uh, Fourth place was Jason. Uh, He actually came up from Michigan. We raced with him uh, two, three weeks ago down at Casey's. It was nice to see him. He had 26 laps at a 703. And then we had Steve uh, with 25 laps at a 659. Funny enough. Steve is going to be a daddy in June. Nice. Yeah, seen his little post on Facebook. So congratulations, Steve, from the guys at MBM Podcast on being a daddy. You have time to get your sleep. Never mind over there, Jim. I see you giggling. I, w- I was going to make a comment. <laughs> Remember. We'll, we'll keep it clean. Yes, we're clean. <laughs> I've told Apple we are clean. We don't want to get in trouble for that. <laughs> uh, so congratulations, Steve. Get as much sleep as you can now, buddy, because uh, well, hopefully you have a good baby and the baby sleeps all night. But... Uh, you never know with babies. They're, they're something else. And then we move on to the novices. 
And first place, we had Morgan with 22 laps. Uh, Randy, which is Marty's son, 21 laps at a 7.15. Gord, uh, we were talking about Gord. He's brand new. Th- third place, 20 laps at a 7.08. Landon, his son, uh, 18 at a 7.18. Tyler Knight, uh, fifth place, 16 at a 7.24. We also had Marty's daughter, Nala. Uh, how old is Nala? What, six? Six, I think. Yeah, six. Uh, Nala is six. She finished in sixth. Uh, 15 laps at a 7.04. Uh, Gary, uh, which is uh, Jarrett's dad, uh, seven, seventh place, 15 at a 7.13. Owen, 14th, uh, or sorry, eighth place, 14 laps at a 7.16. Uh, Zach was in ninth with five laps. I think he had a break. And then in 10th was Kyle with four laps, and I believe he had a break as well. I think he broke his shock tower earlier in the race day. Um, I think they glued it back together, and it held together for all of four laps. That's what happens though, when you're running a buggy out there with the rest of them. I think uh, we kind of suggested to him, you know, next month run in the two-wheel drive buggy class because yeah. there's a lot less likelihood for carnage uh, like that anyway uh, with the – with them now we're going to get into super stock super stock for us um last year the surc car club and i think i've explained it before uh, our stock class last year because other places were doing it we had a 17.5 boosted option or a 13.5 blinky that's what that was stock last year uh this year we went with a 17.5 blinky as a stock and not wanting to get rid of the class that we had used to call stock, we called it super stock. So just for anybody wondering about these results, our super stock is a is a 13.5 uh, Blinky or a 17.5 Open ESE. Uh, the C main with that um, went uh, to Ricardo, uh, first place with 26 laps. Tom second place with 25 laps. Brian third la- uh, third with 20 laps, uh, Gary fourth with 18 laps, and uh, Trevor Sayers uh, was unable to make the main. I believe he had to leave before we got to them. Uh, in our B main of Superstock short course, we had Steve first place with 27 laps, Julian second place with 24 laps, Mike Palumbo third with 23 laps, Will fourth with 22, uh, Jamie fifth with 22 as well. Those guys were about eight seconds apart. And uh, Petri, uh, sixth place with 20 laps. And now we get on to the A main. Of course, our very own Jim was the TQ from this class, 20 laps at a 5.07. We run five-minute main, uh, heats, seven-minute mains, so that's why you might notice the difference in lap times and uh, more laps and everything like that. Jim with first place, 28 laps at a 7.06. Your closest guy would have been Evan with... 26 laps at a 708 so you had that pretty dialed in there you were running along i have to say your your short course trucks my my low c was on fire yesterday those things man they're on rails they are nice yeah. i'm not gonna lie they're very nice it's, it's too bad i didn't have my uh, low c for the uh, uh stock short course a, a main but that's a different story <laughs> did you want that no no oh, okay Okay, I'm, I'm just checking with you. I'm all about the pop. All right, all about the pop, pop. Okay, back to the... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. Second place went to Evan uh, with 26. Ivan, third place with 26. Those guys are two seconds apart. <clears throat> Fourth place went to Jason with 25 laps. Joey with fifth with 25 laps. And Anthony Massassi, uh, sixth with 19. I'm not sure if Anthony broke or something. I, I, I wasn't paying attention to that race too much, I don't think. <coughs> Now, we're going to get into the Mod Shore course. Yes, we have a ton of classes, people, and 
it makes for a long race day. I think we did really well yesterday, though. Um, but, yeah, we're on to the two-wheel drive mod short course. Uh, B-Main, uh, Joey beat his dad, ladies and gentlemen. Joey and Julian. Julian is Joey's dad. Joey finished first with 24 laps at a 701.108. His dad had 24 laps at a 708.568. So I'm wondering if uh, Joey maybe uh, pumps his dad up about that. Hey, Dad, I beat you, buddy. <laughs> I think you know? they are. <laughs> In third place, we had Jamie, uh, 23 laps at a 707. Petrie was in fourth with 23 laps. Tom, fifth with 20 laps. Uh, Brian, sixth with 16. And Trevor Sayers looks like he might have had a break. Uh, he only got in two laps. So he took up sixth. Uh, moving on to the A-Main of two-wheel drive mod short course. Um, we've got our boy once again, Jim, first place with 30 laps at a 712. Joel, who was the TQ from this with 20 out of 502. Joel took second with 30 laps at a 718.035. So a 5.526, uh, difference. Um, uh, Jim, he, he was coming for me. That thing was motoring, but he was coming for you. That's for sure. We got Ricardo in third with 26, Evan in fourth with 25, Jason fifth with 23, Jarrett, 6th uh, with 22. George, 7th with 22. And Masassi, 8th eight, uh, place with 4. Uh, must have had a break again. I think he was dealing with some issues. Maybe I think his ESC was shutting off on him or something. If I, if I remember correctly. Yeah. yeah. I think um, he drives a hobby wing. I'm not sure. Uh, and then, four-wheel drive buggy. Amen. This was a fun race. I have... Or I was the TQ with 21 laps at a 502.855. Now my fast lap from that particular race was a 12.356. If we were to actually go and look at the actual lap times for that, I don't no idea what I did with them, so I'm not even gonna go looking for them. Did that be the fastest one ever? That's the fastest. No, but that that was the fastest lap for that day. Cheater. Uh, yeah, that's what some people say. But look at you know. I was running in the last little bit of that race. I was on fire. I was at one point a lap and a half behind Joel. Um, I managed to catch back up to him, get my lap back, and darn near catch him again. Um, I love my four-wheel drive buggy. I love my associated B443. I know Jason Snyder from uh, Short Course World, who we're going to have on. Um, in the near future as well. He was not happy with the build of that thing at all. He did not like it. He did say, however, that driving it, it was nice. But the build, and I agreed with him, the build had some some sticking points that may, may not have made you too happy. Another good note, we're going to have Tim Tunerman on too, <laughs> the lead engineer of the B443. So, anyway, back into the race results. Joel, first place with 31, myself, second with 31, Mike, our guy Mike, third with 28. Steve, fourth with 27. Mike uh, Mike P, uh, fifth with 27. Uh, Casey Jr., uh, which is Casey Seniors from Casey Hobbies, uh, son, sixth with 23. Casey broke very early on. He finished seventh with fourth. John Franchella broke as well, uh, eighth with thir uh, three. And then Jim didn't even race, which we will get into that discussion. After we get through these, it is uh, something else. 
Uh, race 12 was just a repeat. We weren't even supposed to run it. Not a big deal, so we'll just skip it. We'll get on to race 13, which was the stadium truck A main. Was there that really it? Just one? No, I'm looking at the wrong one. My bad. Four-wheel drive short course. course. I'm, oh, blah, blah. I'm all over the place. Look at me go. Huh. How about that? <laughs> you like those chairs you're sitting in, by the way, guys? Oh, they're comfy. You like those? Yeah, nice. Yeah, I thought you'd like nice, those. Nice, nice upgrade. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, four-wheel drive short course. A-Main, Tyler, first place with 29. Mike P, second place with 27. Ivan, third place with 26. George, fourth place with 24. Tom, fifth place with 23. Um, our guy, Mike, however, it was me driving his team-associated Pro-Lite. Uh, sixth with 19. Um, Steve, seven with seven laps. I believe he broke as well. And then myself, I didn't even race that race. Uh, I had a break happen to me in the second qualifier. I, I managed to strip the idler gear in my rear transmission. Um, what a job it was to get into that, to find out that I don't even have a spare part. So I wasted about a half hour taking it all apart. Um, the good news is, in three years that I've been racing that truck, a little bit outdoors here and there. First time? Blown, blown first time blowing that part up. And this is the best part. You ready for this, Jim? The diffs haven't leaked a drop. Nice. Not a drop. So I was pretty happy with that. Of course, now that I'm in there, I'm going to rebuild the diff and get all that stuff done. Um, all right. Uh, last couple of results here. Two-wheel drive stock short course. This, again, a 17.5 Blinky. In the B main, we had Brian win, uh, first place with 25 laps. Julian, second place, 24. Petri, third with 23. George, fourth with 22. And Casey Jr., fifth with 20. Moving on to the A main, TQ for this was Tyler Carter, 20 laps at a 5.02. First place was uh, Marty, first with uh, 28 laps. Second was Jim, 28 laps at a 7.07. A 6.392 difference in laps. You were coming. He had the fast lap, 14.138. You were at a 14.262. I was waiting for him to make a mistake. Yep, yep. He's too good. He was, he was having a few baubles there, here and there. Tyler ended up third with 26. Uh, Ivan, fourth with 26. Uh, Joey, fifth with 24. Evan, sixth with 24. And Anthony didn't make it because of his ESC issues. Those are the races. If I could get it out of my mouth. The race results <laughs> from the CRC Car Club's most recent race. Jeez, man, I got marbles in my mouth tonight. Sorry about that, guys. Have a drink, have a drink. There you go. All right. Now. Let's talk about the track. Let's talk about the track. We had the track set up in about two hours. Which was amazing. Ours truly, the Jiminator, or Jimbo Jambo as yeah. I call him. I, uh, I, I designed the track, but I'd like to thank Marty. For coaxing me over there, and Will too, because I was smart enough to realize that hey, he wants to get on the microphone. Yeah. Well, do you want me to? I'll just say, <laughs> it. Jim, speak into the microphone a little more clearly, please. <laughs> Never mind. Okay, we'll keep it clean. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So thanks to Marty. That and microphone's Will. on, by the way. So if you're gonna move it around, talk <laughs> into it. Yeah, we Kyle over we there giggling, distracting us. Threw out some ideas, and next thing you know, we had this beautiful track set set up on the chalkboard, and then we went and built it. And then we built a corner, or two double jumps in the corner. And uh, it gave some people problems all day long. But uh, if you could master it, we were fast. Oh, yeah. And if you couldn't, well, you're Oh, I, ki I kissed the wall a few times. Yeah. You got to slow down, slow is fast. I had a 
Could you really not uncrinkle that in front of the microphone, dude? Oh my god. This mo- this podcast is going to heck in a handbat. Moving along. Yeah, no, I you know what? I really uh, not that I haven't enjoyed other track layouts that we've had. I, I normally, for the most part, I end up liking something of them. Yeah. Um, but the last but th- the last couple of ones were uh, you just press the trigger trigger down and they weren't they weren't bad. But they're, they're, like I said, there's only like one particular aspect of the track that I really liked. This has been the first track in a little while that I've liked the entire track design. Yeah. You know, this is a track that I would be comfortable with saying, you know, maybe with a small tweak here or there, this would be like spring classic but i don't want to touch those doubles if we rebuild it no that corner double has to stay it has to stay yeah that one has to stay but um yeah i like i said i really really enjoyed racing that that track it was a blast um pardon me and then tear down we did yeah like in an an hour hour. i know we were in and done and on our way home thanks to all the people that showed up or stayed for that yeah I think even after I went to the grocery store and got a few things for for today, we were still home before eight o'clock. Yeah. Which normally I'm not leaving there till eight o'clock. Mm-hmm. So it was it was very nice. Yep. It was very very nice. Wow. Well, I you have want to, to talk say, about these new fancy I, parts? I think that's where we're gonna get into. So basically, in the back here of my computer, I've had these sitting up here for a little while. These are the new uh, Avid Triad M4 lightweight wheel nuts. Now, what's 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 the three dots? Three holes there. Is that, is I, I don't I don't know. It says uh Yeah, we're trying to find it. It's a unique triad three corner nut. Uh uses a seven millimeter wheel wrench. So you don't need to have worry about having any kind of special wrench or anything like that. It is serrated so it grabs into the plastic. Fits all modern ten scale vehicles. Uh AE, TLR, hot bodies, Kyosho, X ray. Uh you can get a black, red, blue, or orange and uh Oh orange will look pretty sleek. Yeah, yeah. These are these are Oh, hi, wife. Does it go to the color uh, difference? Uh, I think they have each color here on the the website. Yeah, here's the oranges right here. Orange. They're kind of a oh, yeah. almost a, like a Durango-y kind of yeah. orange. Yeah. You know. Sick though. Yeah, yeah. No, now, are they really lighter? Does, is there a gram? Uh, uh, what like did a, like it a weight? They weigh point three grams each. So that's that's pretty light. I don't know what a regular wheel nut feel, weighs. Yeah, well, the people out there, if you got time to compare, I mean, weight is everything. In, in my I, I, well, I know weight, especially for the stock guys, yeah, is a huge thing. Yeah. So, I think that might my, maybe apply to them more. Yeah. You know, because my Kyosho, I got it so light that I have to put weight on it so it doesn't float away. Oh, listen, this guy over here, he's <laughs> gonna go off a That's jump and truth. it's just gonna keep floating. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you have to try and talk sometimes when I try and take a drink. I appreciate the help, <laughs> thanks, buddy. Okay, um, something else I want to talk about. Did you check out that new track that opened up in Las Vegas? Yes, and my timing for Vegas was terrible. I I, I missed the the Ifmar race before that. There was a there was a. I know you, <laughs> you. I, every event the, the, that off road racing event was the week after. Yeah. Oh my god, terrible. So uh, if you haven't heard about it, I'm pretty sure almost everybody has. Um, I can't remember what the. I, I think saw it's, it through uh, Jason Schneider's uh, YouTube. I seen it through his Facebook. Yeah. Because he was there racing with, uh, yeah. I believe, uh, Ty Tessman. You can put those headphones on. My wife is sitting over there. Mm-hmm. I won't turn on your microphone so you don't have to talk, but you can at least listen. Doesn't matter which. Oh, you gotta adjust them. All right. Well, moving on. 
I'm anyway, sure. Yeah, I'm nice sure track. this is titillating. Oh yeah. yeah. Radio for or podcast for people to listen to. It's a darn nice one eighth track. Yeah, it is. I, I believe they have more than one track there, though, too. Oh, probably. Yeah. I, I think uh, I've been watching and following them on Facebook there, and I saved it on my YouTube channel, yeah. so I'll, we'll we'll get some races there. And uh, well, what else do we want to talk about here? Because I got a ton of stuff. I see TLR. I see. Where did I have the TLR stuff? I see Team Associated stuff. Yeah, they have. Uh, let's t- let's talk about the. Uh, well, th- let's get into the chassis because there's two chassis here. You want to talk about the, okay. the D413 hot hot bodies? Avid came out with a. Yeah, well, actually, no hot bodies. It's a- Avid came out with it. Okay. It's it's from Avid RC. So since we're talking oh, yeah. about Avid right now, um, with their their Triad M4 nuts, um. Avid's come out with a D413 aluminum chassis set. Uh, it's made out of 7070-75 T6 aluminum, uh, CNC machined, and pocketed. For Do you have it on your... I can bring it up, yeah. Yeah, bring it up. I like to look at stuff like that. You like looking at stuff like well, that? Well, Avid, all their stuff's pretty, right? Yeah, that is true. And they make good parts. Like, I have some stuff on my uh, buggies there. Stuff you have to have. No, it's not stuff that you have to have. That's what I tell myself. It's it's stuff that Jim likes to have. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to lie, that is one ridiculously yeah. nice-looking chassis. Yeah. You see that there, Kyle? Like that's 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 pretty. I try and turn it around for you there, wife, to see, but that's not so easy. Yeah. That is really nice. And it actually it comes with some weight as well, I believe, with it as well. Um or was I reading that? Oh yeah, ballast weight. Optional floating servo mount lets the chassis uh, equal, you know, articulate equally left to right. Of course, that was a big thing with the, the new B four four three. It increases the weight fifty seven grams over the whole entire um, chassis. So if somebody's looking to add weight to their D four thirteen and they want to keep it low, that's a good option. Fifty seven grams just in changing the lower chassis plate, that, right? That's a big <coughs> thing. Chassis weight from left to right side, front to rear. Mm-hmm. If you get those dialed in to where they're even, makes a big difference. Hence, uh, Jim Buchanan winning the A main. Look at this guy over yeah. here, talking smack. Always talking smack. <laughs> comes with a chassis protector. It comes with uh, a Darlin ballast weight, one aluminum ballast weight, uh, one carbon fiber battery stop, and uh, chassis protector. Oh, and of course, an Avid decal. Always got to have the decals. I've kind of slacked on the whole decal situation. I haven't put any stickers on any of my new stuff. I got an Olaf sticker on my short course truck that my youngest daughter insisted I put on there. Of course. And I, I recently do. just added RPM stickers to my 443 because a set of RPM A-arms found their way onto the front of it. So I figured I'd nice give off. a little bit of support to the manufacturer that got me back on the racetrack for this weekend and make some pretty strong A-arms. I was one of those guys, I don't know how these guys are breaking all these A-arms, and then I went and blew one up practicing saturday of course it was a collision with a short course truck and yeah that was uh, interesting to say the least what else uh i want to talk about and believe it or not some stuff i like was, wasn't there a chassis though for the uh, d5m no no you're looking at uh the three gear transmission that's what i was about to talk about okay uh have you seen about that at all no i have not it's uh it's pretty nice it's uh again bring up the picture there so yeah um I like when you do that. I can ooh and all. You do, <laughs> but it's uh, it's it nice. It, it, jeez, I gotta stop drinking. Um, 
What's so special about it? Well, for me, I, I honestly I don't know what's so special about it. I, I think part of it is is you're taking a gear away because, as most people know, most mid motors have four gears. Mm-hmm. Um, they have two idlers yep. instead. Well, this one is basically like a flipped rear motor transmission, so it only has the one. Um, also, the other uh, cool thing that Associated has done is they've made some milled motor plates. Um, oh yeah, dissipate so the heat, as you can see. So I was looking at this. This is this is pretty. Yeah, like, no, uh, yeah, it is. That's the only thing I can think of. <laughs> it's pretty, but uh, you know, and then of course uh, I believe MIP, you know, they kind of started the whole situation with one of these, where now, they, that that was a that was a tested like a tested product, I believe. Now those bottom mounts that would go from the bottom of the chassis up are they the same? Yeah, everything's the cha- the same. That's the beauty part about this this particular transmission. It's literally just a drop in. Wow. replacement that's huge so b- in order to do it uh you need to get the um the top shaft uh the gearbox uh the gear cover and of course uh, either the black or the blue motor plate but, but, I, but i can take my truck from 2011 and it'll hook up to that chassis or do i have to run it well I, i'm now? assuming no i'm assuming this is for the b5m only okay so because that's what it says. It says here, uh, Associated's new B5M three-gear transmission provides a spec class racer with a lightweight, low-rotation mass option. Again, they're looking at the spec guys, the guys yeah. that are running 17.5 um, stock class, right? So they're trying yeah. to shave weight, trying to save rotational mass, the whole nine, you know, like the, the MIP puck system and everything like that, like how much lighter it is compared to, to all the other ones, right? See, just by looking at the picture, it looks like a short course uh yeah, it's a, it's a flip yeah. transmission basically yeah. from a short course truck with a, a kind of little little change the way obviously obviously everything hooks up to it and, and mounts, um, you know, and obviously if you've ever noticed, looking at it a little closer now here, I don't know, it's a trick. Yeah, yeah, no, it is. I want one. I put all <laughs> the stuff in my cart when they came out, and of course they're uh, still. Last time I checked, anyway, they were out of stock. Um, of course, Associated, since we're talking about them, we'll get back right on to them, uh, actually has some um, new stuff out for the B443. So that, of course, is something that I have. So, of course, I'm interested whenever they come out with oh, new sure, stuff for it. Course, Just course. like, obviously, with you having the 224, yeah. you know, if they come up with something new and trick for it, you'll, you'll kind of want to to, to, to know. It, you know, is it going to make me better or or not yeah yeah so basically uh, a lot of this stuff um i had the web page here and of course i did this on two different computers that's part of it uh, i've seen the battery strap one <clears throat> yeah so they got uh i think it i don't know it's what for the a shorty di- pack though yeah like my yeah. kit came with one is it carbon fiber or something or it's, it's velcro i believe hmm, it just goes into this loops into the side of the chassis let's see if i can bring it up here on the interwebs the interwebs. I know this makes for some very interesting stuff as I scroll through stuff. Uh, aluminum center diff cap. Yeah, I think that's the top uh, the top piece, right, to replace the plastic one. Well, uh, it, no, yours is carbon fiber, no. Uh, well, I have carbon fiber top plates on each side, but okay. the actual. Um, Not a top cap. No. Okay, here we go. We're getting into some of the the Stusa new stuff. So they got graphite battery strap, uh, graphite center brace. Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, because it doesn't have enough of that already. Yeah, I know. 
Here they are. Oh, those are no. That's. Oh, I'm killing myself here, man. <laughs> oh, here we go. It's all at the bottom, of course. Yeah. Of course, it's all at the bottom. Uh, so there it is. Factor Team graphite battery strap for the shorty. So yeah, it was carbon fiber. Mm -hmm. Um, the front. Uh, that's mounted on an angle, right? What this? Yeah, the strap. No, it's straight. Oh, straight. Yeah. And then, of course, these are the big, everybody's uh, tickled pink about these, apparently. Just like the TLR ones. Yeah, the 12 millimeter uh, hex yeah. uh, for the front, for the front, of course. <clears throat> and then uh, they have the new, um, the center diff cap, the aluminum one. Uh, it improves heat dissipation, dissipation for the, the center diff, <coughs> which uh, which makes sense because, you know, I've, I've felt my diff after a couple of runs and it gets warm pretty quick. <clears throat> and then, of course, they have the uh, new roll pins for the 12, mil 12 millimeter hex. So that's what we're looking at here down along the bottom. Yeah. This is all the new stuff here. So. Yeah, I was never a fan of those roll pins. I just. They're such a pain in the butt. Yeah, I always thought there could be something better th than those. They're, they're not bad. They, they do the trick, well, but. Yeah, they'll, they'll work, but, you know, if you want. Something some a little fancier. Just my opinion. And nothing. then this company, uh, PSM, I didn't do a lot of research. They're PSM-RC.com, uh, have made a carbon fiber chassis. Uh, Frank Hansen has it on his fake bush. On his uh, fake bush. His, <laughs> his fake bush, eh? <laughs> I'll be right back. Okay. That's getting giggles from everybody. <laughs> his Facebook page. You know, if you just got a Facebook account, that would be a lot <laughs> easier for you to remember what it's called, right? <laughs> yeah, it's it's on there. Oh, okay. It weighs okay. next to nothing. Yeah, it says uh, basically it's a shorty conversion for the uh, associated B443. So I'm not sure if you can. I'm going to assume you can I, run either or. I no, I believe it's a PSM carbon fiber. I He had it a long time ago, though. Let's see. Let's take a look. It should be right. Oh my lord! Yeah, fat fingers don't help too much with typing. I, I believe it was. It was carbon fiber chassis. Now yeah, we'll take a quick peek. He was driving, driving around there. And we'll we'll creep his Facebook. Yeah, I believe it was on the uh, that right there. Yeah. Oh. That says B five. Look at the chassis. Yeah, I'm talking about the 443. Okay. Okay. <coughs> well, he has one, though, b four three. Yeah, he's, he's got a B443, and, and the, the... But there it is there. It's pretty. Yep. Can you do single pack? Uh, well, that's what it's for. It's meant for the shorty configuration. I, I'm not sure if it... Uh, if it would support um, the saddle pack configuration like I run. Uh, looks like it's mostly for shorty. It's nice. Don't get me wrong. It, it's very nice. But I like mine the way it is. Now, again, I haven't driven Mike's 442. Like, I've driven it, but I haven't driven it like I drive mine. Oh, no. Because I just I don't want to break somebody else's RC. You know, even though I have one that I could say to him here, just run mine in the race instead. Still. I really don't want to do that. No. <laughs> I want to run my own, so... But uh, it, it's nice. A lot of this stuff I looked at all last week and the week before that, so that's part of why I'm so uh, 
out of touch with a lot of it. However, I did see something today uh, shared by RC Driver off of their Facebook. LRP has new Lexan paint coming out. Wow. Their larger can, even than the Duratrax one, which actually we know Mike used some of the Duratrax paints mm-hmm. on his. Um, it's still on there. Yeah, it's still on Sorry. there. Um, but the ca- apparently the cans are a little bigger, and they're about ten bucks a can. So price wise, they're reasonable. Yeah, they're reasonable in the price. So I think I'm gonna on the next body I decide to do, I'm gonna try them out, uh, see how they are, um, and go from there. But again, they're from LRP. Um, they got a couple of different names for everything like that. Uh, what is uh, Losi here talking about? Oh, everything good probably. Extensive testing over the summer, running multiple different lengths. Yeah, looks like they have a negative oh. two point five millimeter. Yeah, uh, chassis. prototype chassis. Everyone who's everyone has one except for me because I'm no one, which is <laughs> not fair. But I'm shorter chassis by how much? Two point five millimeters. Exactly. It's not a lot. Is that going to make a difference? Well, it uh, says here it helps it uh, enter the turn a little quicker, rotate quicker, and have better drive off of the turn. You don't need that, Jim. You don't need that. No. No. Just got the A main one. <laughs> <laughs> Stick with what I got. Uh, looks like the chassis uh, has also been weighted by or lightened by 15 to 17 grams. Oh, now I need it. Yeah. God. So yeah, I, been I, I probably will get it just to. Just to say you have it? Yeah. Apparently it's just as sturdy as the uh, factory one. So that's that's a good news. I'm I'm big on trying things though, you know. Try it if it don't work. He's a distraction. He's he's <laughs> not going to be allowed to be here anymore. <laughs> Showing me pictures of holding in farts and stuff. <laughs> that one, that one was funny. I almost lost. And of course, he sends it to me while we're talking to Randy, and I damn near exploded laughing. Like, yeah, that's just not things to do. Um, tires. Yeah, you're a big G Concepts guy. I am. I personally like AKA. I'm not going to lie. I'm running J, Co- J Concepts now. Um, but I think I'm moving back to AKs for my next set. Not that I don't like the J Concepts. I just... I've you had the barcodes on the last race? Yeah, I'm running the barcodes on both my thing. Uh, both the buggy and the... Uh, both going, buggies. And you're going back to the AK... Uh, I'm not sure what I'm going to run yet. Uh, as far as tires. I know they got a new one out. Um, I can't remember the name that of it. E- that EVO... You're talking about like the Evo yeah. wheels? Uh, no, not even so much those. They're just they got a new tire out um, for the ten scale buggies. What's it called? Uh, oh, I clicked on wheels, not tires. Uh, these ones right here, the Evo oh, chain links. Chain link, yeah. They they look uh, the apparently microphone's off. Huh? It's okay. Wife's freaking out. They the apparently. Um, you know what? Get it. Try it. That's what I mean. And th- they're rear tires. Um, so I'm gonna. I didn't. I haven't seen them yet for the front at all. Yeah. So I'm gonna go with those. Can, uh, can you get them pre-mounted? Probably, but I won't. I'm not uh, such a big fan. What I think I'm gonna run for my front tires though, because they're so close to the barcode, is gonna be their pinstripes. See? Yeah, they do look pretty. Cool. They're, pr- they're pretty. So I'm gonna try those um, again. Like I said, and not that I'm not a fan of J concepts. No. It's just I. I went with AKAs. They've always been good tires to me. Not that my J Concept tires haven't been good to me, but I just I feel a little out of place with them because I like going against the grain 
and not running what everybody else is running, but finding a something that's just you're a lone wolf. There you go. That's it. I'm a lone wolf. Oh. <laughs> I'm not gonna start howling. To <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> um, but yeah, so let's talk about those J Concept tires here because I got the sheet. Where is it? Uh, I went right by it. Oh, there they are. Yeah. So J Concepts. Dirt what are, tech. The dirt tech. Uh, I think these are actually the uh, foams. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know we're gonna really rain on your parade now. You use AKA foams. I do because they're they're stiff. They're stiff. Now, no, I'll tell you why. Because I used to mountain bike race, and the harder your tires are, the faster you roll, people. So I got stiff foams and everything. Oh yeah. That's a little gym secret. <laughs> Whether it helps or not, I don't know. <laughs> well, the good news is now you can go completely J Concepts. Yes. Uh, their new uh, foams come in medium and firm densities. Uh, they're lightweight and uh, precise contour manufacturing. <coughs> so, and they say they can be reused, which is a huge positive. Yes. Yes, because if you use acetone or bake to, to get your tires off, sometimes the yeah, don't do the bake. <laughs> the the I, I watched a video on the bake. It, it seems quite easy. I mean, if don't do it if your wife allows it in the house. So. Jim, you remember that whole fire thing that you had happen? I know. I, and I can't really get the <coughs> stove out, out the door in time. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. But he had a tire, or not a tire, he had a battery kind of go kapoof. Blew up in my hand. In the house. Good times. But yeah. So basically, what I think we're going to do right now is we're going to take another break. And then we'll come back from the break, and then we'll. Uh, Kind of recap everything. I think we do. I want to talk about that uh, motors in general, as well as uh, some new, okay. some new offerings. I guess if you want to call it of motors. So Let's do it. we'll be back after this break. We're back. That was a little bit of an extended break for us. For everybody in podcast land, it was literally, we said we'll be back after this break, and music started playing again. Yeah. <laughs> um, Important discussions going on in between. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So I know, Jim, you wanted to discuss a little bit uh, driver etiquette. Yes, driver etiquette. Uh, this race was a lot better mm-hmm. than previous races. Uh, I, I don't know where to begin. I'd like to start off by the guys on the track stand talking. You know, I you think know. that goes a long way. Oh, Everybody, big time, big time. Yeah. You know, I'm coming up behind you, and then people getting right out of the way. Yeah. When they see a faster vehicle coming up behind you. Right. You know, and then also to the uh, track announcer, when he sees a problem of yeah, being vocal and letting the racers yeah. know if they're very maybe if they're unaware yeah. of of it. Yeah. Yeah. Constantly, you know, the orange and white truck here they come. Those yeah. are your leaders. If you see them, step out of the. Way. Yeah. Very big. Very big help. So I just like to thank uh, those people. You know who y- who you are who stepped out of the way of me 
on my way to the win. <laughs> so Ivan, especially guy knew I was faster. He said, I'm just going to pull over and yeah. let you go, which I appreciate. Then see, I find that's a double edged sword though. See, so, so Ivan, I'm sure he didn't just slow down and move right out of the way, you know, or, or anything like that. Um, you know, Steve, he was trying, like he knew he was slower. So he was yeah. trying to get out of the way. And there was a few times where Steve would kind of, he'd slow down and move over. And, and, you know, I said to Steve, I said, you just keep doing what you're doing, dude. And, yeah. you know, let us just work our way around you. You know, when you know we're right on your butt, just try and stay in the exact same line that you're running and we'll work our way around you. Don't, because I don't think some racers realize that if they slow down unexpectedly. People are catching up to you. Well, th- uh, that's part of it. But if they slow down unexpectedly or do something that's out of the ordinary, sometimes yep. that might crease, m- yep. create more chaos. That's why you got to talk on the track stand. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to the right side, whatever. I'm going left, going right. Yeah. yeah. Slowing down on the next corner. For sure. Make the move, you know. Yeah. But yeah, no. I, I have to say it was a lot better. Yeah, it was a lot. I, and uh, it's to do with the guy on the mic. I mean, the orange and white truck are coming behind you. and then Yeah, you, the, you, the, the race director at the race time, director, I think, yeah. definitely. Uh, yeah. Well, that's the, the idea behind a race director, right? Yeah. Is it, They're there to direct the race. And I, like, it, it probably sounded like a broken record to people in the stands watching it. You're like, oh, geez, they're saying his name again. But people on the track stand, they clue in. Well, then, and if that's what it takes, that's what it takes sometimes. Yeah, that's what it takes. Right? And that's, what it, that's what helped. Maybe sometimes the, the racer in question isn't aware of what they're they're well, doing. It's just that you get in the zone, eh? You know, in your world. And I know that's something uh, I've noticed that some. I think when you first start racing and stuff, like that, you really get laser locked in in your own truck. And you're not yeah. too much aware of what's going on around you. That's right. And I think that probably comes with time. But that's definitely something that maybe as a new racer, if you're listening to to us, that's something to think about is your overall track awareness as well. Yeah. You know, like try and use that peripheral vision to your advantage. Make note of who the faster guys are. You know, if you notice a guy passes you and then within, you know, three laps he's behind you again, mm-hmm. it's not that he crashed. He's ready to pass you again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's a lap ahead of you at that point. You know, and everybody, yeah, you're out there for your own time during the heats. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to not lose time, but at the same time, you don't want to cause one of the faster guys yeah. time as well. That's right. And I think if everybody tries to remember those few little things, it'll go further, right? That's right. That's right. You know? And two patience, you know, if you get behind someone, like many of the times I slow down and wait for that turn. I know he's going to go wide. I'm just yeah. going to Well, and that's exactly it. Yeah, you don't have to pass him as yeah. soon as you're right behind them. You, you might have to wait a corner or two. Yeah. And that's maybe for the faster dr- the drivers that are getting faster and starting to have to work around people is that you don't have to pass them at that first corner. You can wait to the second or third corner. Yeah, it's going to cost you a second or two in that lap. But as long as you get better at it, it'll be less time that you spend behind them, right? Like, mind you, I'm not perfect. I did bump some people by. I said, sorry on the stand. Sorry about that. You know, made air collision. Well, who, who was it that I got behind? I was down a lap. You were behind me at one point. You're yelling at me, Jim. Hurry up! Hurry oh up. yeah, that's what it was. It was you. Yeah, I was like, Jim, I, I Jim, hurry up! I'm, I'm catching you, but I'm behind you, and I don't want to screw you up. It's like go faster. <laughs> <laughs> but then, but then I think something happened to you. Um, yeah, I probably crashed again. Knowing yeah, me, yeah. I, was, I, I was out there mailing it in. I I, sp- I spent a lot of time crashing. Sometimes I push too hard, and then my hands go numb. 
That's the problem. When I get it in front, I slow right down because there's no one to chase. There's no one to engage my yeah, speed. Yeah, you kind of just kind of put oh, it in cruise. I'm like Ricky Bobby there. I'm going backwards. I'm the complete opposite way. If I'm out in the lead, I'm running as hard as I possibly can to get that gap as big as possible for when I do blow it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm going to blow it up. But uh, anyway, you want to talk about the uh, Eco Power motor? Yeah. Do you so see that thing? I, I'm staring at it. it pretty, isn't it? Isn't it? I like green. the green, but that's that's eco power thing, right? Green. Yeah, Kool Aid green. But I, I like the the dual sensors on it. You can have an option on top or uh, out the side, and like at the back. And it looks like titanium uh, or aluminum screws. And I'm not sure. Not too sure. Uh, I think I read that. And, uh, and, uh, no. Take a look at it here, actually, on their website. It's a 17.5 turn. Yeah. Lots uh, of air holes. So it looks like it's the only one they have at the moment. It's, uh... I like the, uh... Call it the Slingshot Eco Power. That's pretty cool. Oh, look at the friggin'... That's pretty nifty. That's a little a braided uh, sensor wire deal. It's 200, uh... 200 millimeter, yeah. 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 Oh, that is... That's not bad, and the price point isn't too bad on it either right now. They're fifty nine ninety nine. Yeah. So, that's not overly bad. <clears throat> you know, I know I've tried some of the SMC stuff recently. Um, I'm pretty happy with it. Yeah. You know, you you're running all SMC stuff. Yep. Um, different. Well, just the speed controller, but can't complain with that thing. That thing's a good lifesaver. Yeah, like I like mine. Com- compared to what I was used to. Cutting yeah. Out, cutting out, yeah. Never yeah. finishing here and there. And, oh. and now it's nothing. Sky's the limit. I wish we wouldn't have talked to Randy, to be honest with you. Why? I just, I'm so much more fond of Teakin again. Oh, jeez. No, you got a good... No, I know. I'm not going to mess with anything that's not broken. Don't get me wrong. If if something goes, then it'll obviously get replaced. And I, I, I went SMC route because I really had to budget that build. There wasn't an option. It had to be a, on the lower end of stuff. And really, I wanted to put an RX or an RSX in it. And a Tekken motor, but you know what? What, hundred and ten bucks for uh, a motor, two fifty for an ESC? That's three hundred yeah. some dollars. Yeah. You know, I think I paid one f- like 39. I paid one fifty nine for my ESC, and I think I paid another like fifty bucks for my motor. Yeah. So like I was like two ten. You know what I mean? It's it's a little hard to to swallow a pill and say, well, I'm going to spend two hundred seventy instead, where <laughs> you can save money, you have to save money, and and that's what it boiled down to for the four four three build. <clears throat> you know, and I don't think there's a big difference. Mike's running an RSX and a Tekken motor in his 442. No. And I don't think running them side by side, you'd ever think that they had, other than the fact that mine sounds like a vacuum cleaner with that fan on it. I like that. Though. Blowing <laughs> cold air. <laughs> it's a, it's a CFM mover. That's for sure. Yeah. But yeah, no, this, uh, this eco power motor, I was thinking about ordering one to put it in my short course truck. Cause I want to, I think I'm going to switch it over to the 17 five. That's uh, Amy's <coughs> brand too. Also, Eco Power. Yeah, yeah. Made in house or made well, that's wherever. Not in house, but yeah. in Japan or something. It's an Amy's brand, just like Protec. Yeah. I'm fond of Protec too. I like that stuff. It's good servos too. Yeah, good servos for the price. Oh yeah, lots of strength. Yeah. Lots of speed. Stupid fast. What kind of fast? Stupid. <laughs> nice. Well. Oh, I tell you, sometimes I get lost in... What's next on your agenda there? you got so many sheets in front of you there. I know. I've got a million things. You know, I was all gung-ho about making sure that I had tons for us to talk about, and I got so much for us to talk about that 
Oh, 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 these little buggers. These are, I want to show you. These are cool. Have you heard about these new star plugs from Hobbyco? No. Okay, check this rip. out. Let her rip. Type it in. Star uh, plugs. Let's see if this brings it up. There it is. You ready to see this? Yeah. Bazinga. What's the it's a Dean's plug yeah. with a cover built in. Wow. <clears throat> so now instead of having to heat shrink it and having... That's how you made your millions right there with the, with the cover. Yeah, pretty it's much. Genius. It's got a little divider built into it too to keep them uh, separated, but it, it's basically a Dean's plug. Oh yeah, look at the divider, right? Yeah, a little divider built into the cap. Pretty nifty, eh? Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, I wanted to show you that one. See, Kyle? See on the uh, these are this here is normally what referred to as a Dean's or some people call them a T connector. Um, they're a fairly popular connector in in the RC community, and for the most part, you just put heat shrink on your wire and then you solder it, and then you slide your heat shrink down and shrink it. But Hobby uh, Co's obviously come out with this new little cover plastic deal. Yeah, it looks very clean. It's there. slick. Yeah. yeah, it's a slick thing. When I seen that, it was pretty nifty. I know nobody's heard much from Kyle, but. He's he's not really into the RC hobby. I think if if uh, he could afford it, he would. Well, he's got little ones still, so money goes on the little ones. Mm-hmm. You know, especially when you're a single papa, it's not as easy. I think we 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 have the advantage, Jim, and Mike even has the advantage having that support person in our life, right? Yeah. So one day, one day, more than likely, I'll end up giving him a handy down, saying, "Hey, look, you have something to do now on Saturday." <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, though. No, no. But, uh, yeah, so that uh, those little star plugs, yeah. I just kind of stuck them in here at the bottom. I didn't put nothing else beside them. I almost forgot about them. Oh, well, they definitely look cool. And then, of course, I uh, forgot to mention, too, Associated there has their new uh, titanium screw kit out, yes. I believe. Um, ProTech has one, too. That's the one I've been buying lately. Oh, we have something else I almost forgot to talk about from Associated. What I'm interested in, I kind of can't wait to have Tim on um, and have an opportunity to, to speak with him about this truck. Oh, yeah. Because I'm sure he knows about it. I don't know if he was involved in it. The Pro Short Course 4x4. Yeah, the Pro SC 4x4 ready to run. Now, I'm wondering from some of the prelimina- preliminary pictures that I've seen of it. What does it look like, Jim? Well, it looks like Mike's truck to me. It looks like a Pro Light. Is there a sway bar on, on the back? Not that we can see, eh? Not that I can see. Oh. Let's see if any of these other pictures show us. No, sway bar's not in because it would be normally yeah. right there. So it looks like they've put a different ESC in it. Let's just go over. Uh, fully assembled, ready to run, shaft drive, four-wheel drive, short course truck. Uh, it comes with the Reedy 550 SL 3500 KV four-pole motor, which I believe is the same that the ProLite came with. Uh, it comes with an SE800 brushless uh, speed control uh, with the T-plug course like we were just looking at it comes with an actual nim seven cell 8.4 volt uh comes with the radio comes with the xp metal gear digital steering servo uh painted body 60 millimeter big bore composite fluid so those are bigger yeah than than the ones that came with the pro light i believe but i'm just i'm not sure i guess it's got cvas and rear dog bones for i'm not sure if those are heavy duty gear diffs did they fix the body post uh, <coughs> problem that's uh the can can you go back to the pictures there and see if there's a? Because that's one one of the big things was the body posts. You know they're always snapping each time the the truck rolled because it's a basher. Yeah, they are different. 
Yeah. So so they they the rear uh, is this the rear of the truck? Yeah, this is the yeah. rear. So it's still got the sweeping ones, but um, front. They look different. They don't look the same. No, they they probably looked at what, what's the, the truck needing or lacking. And, yeah. And sure enough, ESC. And I, like I said, it's it's definitely for me. It's gonna be cool to talk to Tim because again, he he works for Associated, right? So he will know about this. Now, the diff. I'm not sure how much different the diff is. They say it's it's different, like it's uh, heavy duty and everything like that. So, but these are these are the big thing here. They're not. They don't look anything crazy. No, but but they are, I believe, an upgrade. Well, let's take a look here. Let's look uh, at the ProLite. The pictures never lie. Eh? When I say lots, uh, thirty five hundred. Uh, what do we got here? Front CVAs, rear dog bones, heavy duty front and rear gear divs, spur. Steel turnbuckles. Yeah, yeah, it could be a good question. Why, you know, maybe maybe they had an abundance of product and put put a new body. Well, on but it. It, to me, it's it's it. What's so different? Well, from that picture, nothing. <laughs> and that that's my only concern with it. Well, it's like like just like every kind of product, you know, Ford has the the chassis made, and they got they got a hundred thousand chassis, and they got to sell this product. Well, let's throw a new body on it. It's called something different. It's yeah, but come, you can't do. <laughs> Hey, you can, but you can't. You really. <laughs> no, but that's the way companies work, right? We got to move product, product, product. So the shocks are definitely bigger. Yeah, that I see. The tires are different. That come on this. Um. They they took a look at the problems and said, "Well, let's." But that's about it. <laughs> upgrade and keep the same price point. I won't. You know what? I won't pass judgment on it. No. Until we talk to Tim, yeah. and we really get the the. It's a good question. Deep down, nitty-gritty of what's different. Of course, uh, Tim is looking forward to coming onto the podcast. Uh, he's very much so looking forward um, to having the opportunity to address some of the early kit issues with the B443. So, you know, if you're listening to us now, that is one podcast you are going to want to tune into um, because he did tell me that he is going to, A, address those. He's also going to address... <laughs> The plastic nut situation for the shocks. He's yeah. going to get into that with what me. The heck? Yeah. So it was it was kind of cool because you know just emailing with him. He's like, yeah. He's like, he's like, I even have an answer for your question. And it's like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. Uh, I believe because of the Reedy race happening in that in January. Uh, my understanding of it, I believe we're having Tim on the second of February, twenty fifteen. Nice. Uh, we're gonna have Jason Snyder on in January. Um, also trying to firm things up with a few other people. Uh, Ryan Lutz, uh, at some point we're going to have him on. Dakota. Uh, also trying to, well, Dakota's actually coming up in two weeks, the 22nd of December, we're going to have him on. Uh, firm things up as well with, um, I can't remember, I believe his name is Mark from AKA. Uh, have a discussion with him about tires, stuff like that. Hmm. Um, you know what I mean? So it's cool. Things are really moving forward for us on the podcast. You know, I'm enjoying it. I know we're still kind of working on the whole flow and everything like that. So, you know, I appreciate everybody listening to us and giving us the opportunity and stuff like that. And, you know, we're always open for uh, suggestions and everything like that. Another thing I almost completely forgot to talk about. We're keeping it real here, people, you know. Facebook. Yeah. We have. You ready to see this thing? I'm going to bring this up for you. We have currently... Uh... 100 
I believe 136 the last time I looked. Now, let me look here. Oh, thanks. Apparently, your computer's faster than my uh, hunk of junk I'm using over here. We have 138, 140. Yours is even more out of date. Thanks for coming out. You know, if, if people got to understand, we're not professional at this at any no. means, you know. But we're not going to lie to you. We're going to try and find out the truth, yeah. the facts. We're going to give you our honest opinion honest on things. Opinion. That's the reality. And really, our opinions don't matter. But no. to us, me and you, yeah. Well, when, like I said, from the early onset of doing this, the whole reason why I said we might as well do a podcast is because sometimes we sit and talk for two hours yeah. About bounce, RC crap. Bounce ideas off each other. What do you think of this? And it's literally gone that evening. Why not put it on paper or, or hard drive or whatever out you want to call out it? Out to the world. There you go. So we got 140 likes on Facebook, which is awesome. Now, what I did to kind of get us over the 100 mark when we were about 90, um, prior to that even, I had put a post out there saying, you know, if we hit 100 likes, we're going to give something away. Prizes. Love it. So at 90, I said, well... I put out a post out there saying, well, the prize is ordered and on its way. We get over 100. Whoever the 100th like is is going to get the, a prize. So that pushed us quickly over 100 up to 130, I believe. We went from like 90 to 130 like in an evening because of this whole thing. Yeah. It was it was amazing. <laughs> I want it. So and, and because of the popularity of it um, and obviously, you know, some guys that, you know, clicked like when it was in the lower numbers didn't quite get the opportunity because they liked us so early on, I did another thing. So we have a winner of the 100th like, which I'll get to him in a second. The other thing I'm doing for anybody listening, um, if you share the MBM Podcast Facebook page and that brings somebody to us and they like us, make sure you tell them that if they come and like us, to tell us who sent them. What I'm doing is a referral prize now. So up until January 1st, between now and January 1st, Whoever has the most amount of referrals is going to get a prize. Nice. I don't know what the prize is going to be yet. I buy them out of my own pocket, so they're nothing crazy or extravagant. Now, don't get me wrong. Once we get to 200 likes, it'll get a little bit better than the 100 like. When we get to 300, it'll be a little better, 400, so on and so forth. If we ever get to 1,000 likes, and this is my promise to anybody listening to this, if we get to 1,000 likes, I will give them a kit. Oh, I'm not sure what the kit's going to be. But it'll be a kit of some kind, whether it be a D413, whatever maybe the new hot kit is out at that time. I will purchase a kit, and I will get it to whoever the thousandth like is. That's, That's my promise to everybody who likes us. But we've got to hit a 1,000 likes. So, again, I will do more referral prizes as well as yep. time can progresses to make it worth people sharing us and getting us out there. Now, getting on to our 100th like winner, a gentleman by the name of Trevor Price won. So basically, I let him know that once I get them, I'll ship them to him. I got his address and everything like that. Um, once he gets them, I've also told him once he gets them, I want to have him on the podcast maybe for five minutes just to congratulate him and everything like that. And you know what I mean? Go from there with it. Smart idea. You know, so uh, basically, he ended up winning um, a set of, uh, what are they, the... the Blow up the picture there. So uh, I got to click on it. Yeah. <laughs> You're getting old. I got him the seven-inch mid uh, mid motor four-wheel drive ten scale wings. Beautiful looking. Um, from Upgrade RC, uh, he's gonna get two wings, the side panel decals, and the mounting grid deal. Very slick looking. <coughs> so seven-inch wide. Yep, I. Uh, that's what I went with. Nice, good choice. Yep. So that's what our hundred like winner got. Our two hundred like winner. Um, 
I might do a set of tires or something. Yeah. For a 10 scale application. So yep. whether it be a 10 scale short course truck, uh, buggy. Yeah. Whatever. Stadium truck. Whatever it is, uh, they would probably win a set of tires if we get to 200 likes. Um, the referral one, not sure what I'm going to do for it yet. It's going to be something okay. It'll it won't, come to you. It won't be crazy. But again, you guys got to remember, I'm doing this out of my own pocket. Uh, <laughs> basically, with that also being said, if you check us out on uh, mbmpodcast.podbean.com, which is where all of our hosting is for the podcast, I do have a donate button there. I'm not, I'm not telling you to donate, but I'm asking you if you want to help us out. Uh, you know, there's been talk about doing video and stuff like that. That costs money. Uh, these prizes are obviously going to cost money. So if you guys want to donate and support us, we'd appreciate it. I promise you any money that's donated to the podcast will be used for the podcast, whether it be to upgrade us to a video service so we can put live video up of the podcast or prizes or whatever. I'm not going to, none of us are going to take a dime from this uh, at all. Anything we get is going to be given back. Even if a manufacturer say, you know how we joked with Randy, Hey, send us something to try out. If yeah. he sends us out four motors to try out, those four motors or three motors will be given donated at some point to other racers mm -hmm. because the reality is this. I'm not using this to make myself money or get myself free stuff. That would be a cool plus. Yeah. And I will obviously pass on the rewards if they ever come. That's the reality of it. You're looking at the blinking red light. No, the Jeep down there. It's going the, the wrong way. Oh yeah. I got to work it's on that. Right. It's a, it's a, it's a work in progress. <laughs> so <clears throat> basically with all that being said you know again thank you to everybody who has liked us thank you to everybody who's listened to our podcast um funny enough i haven't actually checked that out in a little while let's see where we're at Ooh, i got fat fingers here let's see how many we got the magical number is holy look at that that's not bad 1037 that's more than what it was before now what's beautiful about this website it lets me break down everything um statistical wise so we can actually see what each podcast has generated as far as uh listens again i don't know how they they, they calculate it but just to give you guys an in, in, an example we've had 361 listens to our first podcast which was just us shooting the breeze our second one of course well, that was a big one because we had ty tasman on huge 501 listens which makes sense and then our last one which we just did on our own episode three 175 listens you know, so it, it's coming along, you know, I'm enjoying it. I think Jim's enjoying it. Oh, yeah. You know, I know Mike likes it when he when he is here, obviously. Um, again, being sick, you can't control that. Right. Yeah. So it happens. Um, of course, we don't want to let anybody forget about what's going on here in the very near future as far as uh, racing uh, for not only the CRC Car Club, but as well as Casey Hobbies in St. Ignace. Uh, that's where most of us will be. Uh, I don't believe you can make it, Jim, because no, at work you're busy. I'll, I'll be at work. So I'm going to be there on the 20th of December uh, in St. Ignace. So I hope to see the regular faces that I see when I'm down there and uh, hopefully have a great day racing. Uh, and, again, remember, guys, if you're listening to this and you are, you know, kind of localish to, to Michigan or anything like that and you're close to Casey, don't be afraid to, to get a hold of him and, and, you know, get stuff through him. He is a, a local distributor, uh, local hobby shop. Um, and of course, you know, supporting those, we don't want to see them disappear. And, and I know in this day and age, of course, ordering stuff from a main tower, all those places, 
it's inevitable and happens. But at the same time, you know, Casey saved my butt this past this past race day. Yes, he had RPM arms for my B four four three. So without that local hobby shop, without that guy coming up and supporting the CRC Car Club, I would have been broke. Yeah, you know, I can't order parts that I break Saturday night for Sunday morning. No. I can't. No. You need a local hobby shop, and uh, you know, because of that, obviously, Casey's gonna get my business because he can do that and that's it that's the way i'm gonna work you know i can't argue with it you know what i mean the way it is so again guys remember to support your local hobby shops no matter where you are whether it's here locally in canada or the u.s you know make sure you give them your support at any chance you have uh you know and just keep going from there did, did you say the date and time for what casey's yeah it's yeah 20th, december 20th 20th December 20th for him. Um, normally, we go for breakfast yes. beforehand at 7 o'clock at Big Boy, and then that's, I think his door is open at around 8. That's the best thing about the trip. <laughs> for me, anyway. You know, hanging out, yeah. eating greasy food, wife not finding out, <laughs> unless she's listening to this. I highly doubt it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, no, I like it too. Yeah. And again, I've I've said it before. I like going to Casey's because it's my opportunity to spend the day racing. Mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about any of the back end stuff and making sure the race day is running through. And you know, it takes it takes people to make that happen. Yeah. And uh, you know, especially for us up at the SuRC Car Club, you know, we have between we had 111 entries last month. This month we had 101. You know, we've had a a large entry base, and you you can't be one guy and no. you know take registration take money for pop you can't do that not no. nowadays anyway you need, you need people you know so so it, it takes a few people to get everything done and then like i said when i go down to casey's i don't have to worry about nothing i literally sit there with my trucks and that's the beauty part because i'm not so bad that i break all the time anymore there's plenty of times where i'm sitting there it's like oh batteries are charging that's good that's good that's set up for the next race and then it's like okay let's go wander and talk to people you know, let's just see how everybody's making out. And then you, you find out stuff from other people and this guy and that guy and, and everything like that. It, it makes for fun. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, again, that's going to be December 20th. I think his doors open at 8 a.m. Um, if you want to meet us at the Big Boy for 7 a.m., that's where I will be. 8, 8 a.m. What? Big Boy. Really? Buffet, buffet opens at 8. The buffet opens at 8? Yeah. The restaurant, I believe, opens at 6. I'm planning on it. Oh, so his doors won't open until 9. Then. 9. Yeah. Okay, so his doors open at 9, buffet by 8. Yeah, that makes sense because we normally need to be on the road by 7. Yeah. Okay. Oh, is that you over there again? Nope. Oh, it's Mike. He's feeling a little better. Poor guy gets migraines. I wouldn't want to be him for one week if he had my Like, I couldn't do it. That, ugh, couldn't do it. Now he's blowing me up here while I'm trying to talk. But, yeah. Anywho. So, yeah, so that's going to be the Casey's next race on December 20th. Of course, the RC Sioux RC Car Club, we normally race the first Sunday of every month, but because January uh, 4th is the first Sunday in January, we postponed it so it won't be till the 11th. And then Casey races again on the 17th. I am so looking forward to that. I'm going to get to race on the 11th and then race again on the 17th. It's going to be, oh, oh, I love it. I love being able to have race dates back-to-back. I love it. Love it. And I can't wait for the summer. There's going to be traveling involved this summer, Jim. I'm buying a travel trailer. Oh, it's happening. Uh, speaking, we, speaking of the summertime, um, of a certain member, I won't release his name right, right, right now, but uh, he wants to build a track in his backyard, and it's close. And, oh, really? Uh, yeah. And uh, 
He's got the equipment to do it. He has the friends to do it. I'm going to think I'm going to tell him to do it. Okay, well, off air, we're going to talk about who yeah, that is because yeah, well, I'm, I'm down like Charlie Brown. It, it could be. And, and I told him on Sunday that, uh, yeah, if you build it, I'm sure you'll get ten, ten of us to come. I'm all over it like yeah. the tubby boy I, I am on you, cake. I think you know who I mean. I'm not sure, actually, to be honest with you. But well, hey, you know what? It It is what it is. But I, I think what he's looking for is help, and, and I said yeah, I'd be there to help. Darn so There's so many ways I said. I, I had to, I had to feel him out to see if he was serious or not. Well, I know there was, there was – I had a conversation actually with Dan, Steve, uh, John, um, and even Tyler Carter all over in that area yeah. about something for the summer. And, and the general consensus between the five of us was we need something. I don't care if yeah. i got to drive 15, 20 minutes to get to it anymore. Yeah. I need something to do in the summer. Yeah, and this, this guy, he said he has the problem. Yeah. He's close. He's out of town. Can we run nitro there, Dean? We can run nitro there. You can <laughs> run. Like, I know Tyler just got a, a you hear one, that? <laughs> one fifth uh, <laughs> truck there. So, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it could be a one fifth thing. I oh, mean, my. Depends I'm what excited. this guy wants to do. Because if he wants to blow it up, I mean, I can get right behind him and we can blow the thing up. You know, we can make oh. it huge. Where other people don't want to play that game. Huge. Yeah. <laughs> Can't say names because I want to bring <laughs> bring anybody anybody out, but it hey, could be huge. Hey Jim, I almost forgot about something. No, what you forget? Yeah, this one right here. It's gonna come up in here, isn't it? And of course, the volume's turned down. I'll let it play through first, and then we'll turn the volume up. You ready? No, I'm scared. You ready? Yeah. You're listening to the MBM podcast. My name is Ty Tessin. Oh, every time. That's money. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Every time. Well, with that being said, I think that's going to be the end of episode four for the MBM podcast, boys. Um, Mike wants to say that he was greatly sad that he had to miss out on Randy. And I think when he goes back and hears it, he is going to be kicking himself and going, why, head, why? And we needed Mike because he's got some beauty questions. He does. He does. I think he's kind of like the glue that keeps me on track. A lot yeah. of times, me, I just let you go. That's yeah. That's the fun. worst thing you could do. You, you know, it's you got a watch. host that has ADHD. It's like, yeah, hey, you know. Look at that guy. Yeah. Look at him. Yeah. Let's go for a bike ride. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's snow on the ground. Why not? Right. <laughs> anyway, okay, guys. Again, I want to thank you very much for listening to MBM Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at uh, facebook.com/slash/mbmpodcast. You can find us on. Uh, podbean mbmpodcast.podbean.com and i also opened up an email account it's mbmpodcast at gmail.com so if you got any tips anything you want us to talk about or anything we should take a look at yep. uh, questions whatever the case may be um feel free shoot us an email and again we're having dakota fend on in two weeks so if you got questions for dakota get them in now i've got to get him an email list of questions this week um so uh any questions you have the sooner the better i'll try and have this up uh on when no what what's tomorrow tuesday mm-hmm. i'll have this up tuesday for you guys to listen to uh, and uh have yourselves a good one we'll talk to you later